Injured in a car accident? It's about money. Your money. Your settlement. We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery? You pay no fees or costs. We strive to get you more at LawyerUp904.com. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride, along with Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson. I'm Frank Frangie on a Friday installment of the program. Our Fridays, as you know, are always brought to you by our friends at Big Chief Tire Company. Tires or automotive service, uh, if you need brakes or alignments, uh, they're the ones that do it for you. Oil changes, of course. Head to Big Chief Tire Company. Ooh, we got a draft today. Someone's going to. Ooh, that's right. Someone's going to grab lunch. Someone's wearing an L hat. Maybe, maybe. It, it kind of all comes down to this, doesn't this it? This is all of this. I mean, all wow. the marbles. I mean, they're talking about this in Yugoslavia is where they're talking about Oslo. This. Yeah. American Samoa is what they, where right. they, the, the, the uh, South Africa. How about that? I'm nervous. I didn't I am. sleep last night. <laughs> Here's the thing. The only one that could wear the hat Monday is you. That is correct. Wow. But, but we could have, if Gibby, and Gibby's not had a good fourth quarter, okay? Gibby's blowing a big lead here. If, I blame Bobby Pruitt. <laughs> if Gibby loses, then nobody wears the hat Monday. Then you and I go go to the labs, what we do. That's right. We go to the lab and come up with some uh, a playoff between those two. Yep. I woke up. I liked your Super Bowl prop bet idea. You yeah, like yeah. the prop bets? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You don't? I love. Profits. I just feel like. It's I mean, we won't make it like yeah. how long's the anthem. Okay. It'll be like football. Oh, okay. Yeah, All we'll right. put it in the context. I don't of like the, the game. silly stuff. Yeah, well, you're not going to have to <laughs> worry about what color Gatorade. Okay, good. You know, they're or if Gronk makes the, the kick, did you see he has? He's yeah, kicking yeah. A it'll goal. be. It'll be. You know, we're Legitimate? not going to. Okay. There's an integrity to Loser Monday that we <laughs> yeah. we cherish. Yeah. We are not going to sully it. Yeah, I don't know if integrity is the word that I would use for it uh, since I've lost so much, but yeah. The, uh, hey, uh, tip of the cap to um, uh, the primetime kids. That, uh, the Deweys, was, that was a great idea. It was a great idea, and they pulled it off, and it was fun. So uh, uh, very nice. It was a fun listen, and uh, good, good job to uh, – And you won an award, right? I, I, w- I was an award. The uh, Dewey picked the uh, – they, they said best, best call, best play-by-play call. And I didn't I, – shame on me, I wasn't listening at that point. But I think Dewey picked the Josh Allen ran it back, and they were telling me he picked it because I said the Jaguars are running it back. So I made it a team thing. Okay, okay, may or may not have been the case that I couldn't quite tell who had it from my angle. Okay, <laughs> but nonetheless, it was a team thing. So thank you, Dewey, for saying that. But yeah, they, they did a good job. Honestly, creative shows are fun and fun. Creative stuff's one of the things that makes radio one of the things we try and do around here, and it was really creative and fun. So congratulations! They, they, I thought they did a nice job with it. I'm excited. About a beautiful day out there today. Chilly. I, I hate that. That the football's over. I wish we had two more weeks of it. I wish we had two more games. Three more weeks, two more games. But now that we don't, it will be one weekend to relax for the first time in all, in all of our lives in a long time. And right. I'm not and I'm not happy we have that. Yeah. But that we have that. So it'll be uh gonna be it's gonna be cool over the weekend, but beautiful. A lot of cloud in the sky. I think's the words. So. I'm gonna be at soccer games. Soccer. And what, Sunday, what time? Yeah. What time? I need time. It's like, luckily, like noon. Noonish, noon and one. Both days. They're both in Palm Coast, okay. so it's a little bit of a drive. All but right. They're not. Sometimes they're at like eight in the morning. Okay. Soccer, soccer in Palm Coast. Yep. We get a score goal. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to make sure we yeah, win. I think absolutely that's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. What's your weekend? Anything fun? We are participating in the Wolfson Children's Challenge, and so okay. we are part of a relay that's running fifty-five k. 
uh, we are each just running three miles, five k. It's a long, it's a long oh. race, yeah. but yeah, eleven people total, so that makes up five well, k. So yeah, we're raising money uh, for a friend of ours whose daughter was born prematurely, and she's doing great now. But they've done this for the past couple of years, and so uh, we're participating. Awesome. And so tomorrow morning, you talk about chilly. It'll be probably right around forty degrees when we start yeah, running. There you go. Okay. Wow. Give Where you- do you run? It'll be starting at the baseball grounds and then down through part of downtown and then oh, back. Be fun. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an awesome idea. Gibby, are you going for any walks with golf clubs? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, so the story behind that is uh, I was walking our dog, Darla, a couple days ago, and I saw a lady who made a comment and said, a beautiful dog, and I said, thank you, and the lady was carrying a golf club on her walk, and I thought, that is weird. And I told Nikki, my wife, and she said, you realize that she's carrying that for protection. You've never seen that? And I said, absolutely not. And I asked you guys, have you ever seen anybody carry a golf club while walking? I mean, that seems kind of odd to me, but I I guess it's common. Well, I have not, but I mean, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, I didn't tell you this yesterday, but the word is, she knew you were out there, and the word is, you're a shaky character. I mean, I, mean, Must be. I, I think that she, she heard that Gibby's, you can't trust that Gibby, I'm going to take the golf club. That's the word on the street. So so there is that. So, so there you go. Hey, uh, all kind of fun stuff. Uh, to talk about today on the uh, program, we will have our, our fun little draft. I want to get. And I'm going to start the program with this. We'll talk some more Jags later on, but I want to start the program with Mahomes Burrow. The significance of this, it's not quite Ali Frazier, but I wonder if a torch could get passed if Burrow beats him again. You know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll hold our thoughts. But I mean, I I just I wonder if that's kind of be if then people love narratives and they love to change narratives. You know, so I wonder if. If Burrow beats him again, you know, well, it'll be interesting to see how, how, that, how that thing plays out. We'll certainly talk about that coming up on the program as well. AFC or NFC, who's, who's top to bottom better conference? I want to talk about that coming up a little bit later on the program uh, as well. Some fun stuff to do. Keontae Johnson tomorrow night is a, an amazing story. I mean, and, and if you, I don't know if you saw it or not. David Whitley wrote a column in the Gainesville Sun. Did you see it with mm-hmm. this column? It was real. Did you see I don't know if you saw it. Mm-hmm. David, he's a columnist now. They obviously succeeded Pat Dooley. Um, really good column, and it, and it talks about that. And I've got a lot of feelings about Keontae and playing. And by the way, all he is, by the way, is one of the best players in college basketball. He's a lottery pick and one of the best players in the sport right now. And so you have bittersweet. I don't. I, I don't have. I'm not bittersweet about this one. I, I mean, I wish it didn't happen. I wish he played for the Gators. Uh, but I'm not. It's not like I don't have any mixed feelings. I mean, I hope the Gators win the game. You know. But I mean, I don't have any mixed feelings about the way this played out. I think he's such a wonderful guy. And. It's such a wonderful story, and, and so so we'll uh, kind of get to that. You see where Miami fired – the University of Miami already fired their offensive coordinator one year in? Yeah. A guy they lured from Michigan to let him call plays. Josh Gaddis – Won the Broyles Award. Right. Josh Gaddis at Michigan was this assistant. But there was a lot of talk that was Josh Gaddis really calling the plays or was Harbaugh calling him. Miami brought him in because he's an ace recruiter, but he was only going to come if he was allowed to call the plays. And so he came and called the plays, and they must have thought he wasn't very good at it because he's gone after a year. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, yeah. this, this guy was on a – this guy's career was soaring. Now, at some point, he was going to have to leave and really call plays if he ever wants to be a head coach. And I guess not everybody does. Some, some guy, Urban and other guys never call plays. But you know my point. And, and, and it failed miserably. So um, I, want, I want to talk about – I want to talk about the U today. The, the, the U – football at the U. Because if they can't resuscitate it with this with this recruiting start, th- is it then over forever? And so, so a lot of things to get to. So fun stuff to talk about. Matt Paula stops by at three forty from JOI. He's going to talk about uh, emergency action plans. We certainly saw it at its best 
and the DeMar Hamlin thing. But what actually goes into an emergency action plan and who's on call and what happens? Matt understands that stuff. He'll be in here today to talk about that. Pete Prisco joins us at 5 o'clock. We're going to do our draft at 5.15. We're going to have news and notes at the end. So uh, loaded up 5 o'clock hour. So a lot of things to get to. I uh, can't wait to get started. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Back to more of a Big Chief Tire Friday on The Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire, with four locations on the First Coast to serve you. Mahomes up in the air, and he fumbled as he went across. Did he break the plane first? It looked like he broke the plane. It Touchdown's did. the it, signal. Oh, he did the Michael Jordan up on top yeah. with the ball stretched out. Burrow's going the other way, and he's got Higgins, and he dives for the touchdown. What a play by T. Higgins. That was a game. That was unbelievable. This rivalry is growing, and... I never thought I'd say it's one-sided going against the Chiefs, but right now Cincinnati has their number. There's a chance we'll be seeing this again. That's uh, Those two are going head-to-head. Mahomes and Burrow. Tony Baselli said he thinks Burrow's the best quarterback in the league. I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. What do you think? I think Mahomes has more tools in his tool belt than Burrow. Yeah. Burrow is a more normal type passer. Mahomes can do so many different He's things. gadgety. Very gadgety. But with one caveat, obviously, for this weekend, if Burrow wins and Mahomes is hobbled still, then I don't think we can say, oh, well, Burrow's past Mahomes. I don't think it works like that. I uh, I would take Mahomes. Uh, I think they're both incredible players. I think they easily could end up being first ballot Hall of Famers uh, when their careers are over. I uh, I don't think you're going to see anything but a decade or longer worth of dominance out of both players. Uh, and, and so, it, I mean, it, again, it's, it's like choosing between, you know, Leonardo and, you know, Michelangelo in terms of art. It's just, you know, they're, they're incredible at what they do and that's not going to change. They're, they're young and, but I'd, I'd have to take Mahomes. I just, I think that, I would agree. I think there's more. I think he gives you everything Burrow gives you, but he's a better runner and he's better at moving around and making something happen. He's done it longer. So he's been more, you know, consistent in his greatness. Uh, he's, you know, Burrow has had a massive knee injury. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. He, yeah. he about halfway through the season, in right? His rookie year. His knee, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Mahomes has been healthy. You know, knock on wood. Other than this injury, um, so yeah, and and again, I would think that Mahomes is going to be pretty close to himself. If you go off of the practice report, then you know he's practicing in full. So, I, you know, I I would agree if he's if he's obviously hobbled, then you know that's certainly going to create the yeah, but with Burrow and Mahomes, if Cincinnati wins, I. I, I don't know if Cincinnati winning, even if Mahomes isn't hobbled. I mean, Mahomes has just been doing it for so long that I, I still don't know if, if people will, if the, the consensus will be that Burrow's better than Mahomes. I, I still think that if you put Patrick Mahomes with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins and Joe Mixon and Hayden Hurst and Tyler Boyd, my guess is Patrick Mahomes would throw for about six thousand yards and about fifty-eight touchdowns. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think Mahomes. I would take Mahomes. I think he's the better of the two players. And you're right, a splitting hairs. And there may be a Brady Manning thing happening here, where, or, or you may have a Marino Montana thing happening here, when 
That's those are that, that's really cool. When you got Moreno Montana, it was pretty cool. When you had Brady Manning, it's pretty cool. You might have this. You still wonder how Josh Allen factors in. You still wonder how this guy Trevor Lawrence ultimately factors in. But so is the torch passed this week? I mean, I mean, what if the Bengals win again? Are the Bengals a team Patrick suddenly the team Patrick Mahomes can't beat? Will that will that narrative, will, will that narrative that. jump in there at all? Yeah, they'll, they'll, there will be some of that, and they'll they play again next year. So uh, that that will it, it would almost become. I think most people believe Federer was the dominant player to Nadal, but Nadal had such a great record against Federer, so it was sort of like from you could approach it from either side and say, well, Federer is one, and I don't know where they ended up in terms of the majors, but for the the height of their rivalry. Federer had won way more Grand Slams, but Nadal had a better head-to-head record. And it's like, which which of those two do you pull from? Um, you know, I, I think it'll be a good debate. I mean, I th- if look, if Cincinnati wins again, he'll be 4-0 against Mahomes. I, that, that has to account for something. I still think even if the Chiefs lose and Cincinnati wins and wins the Super Bowl, I still – Maybe I'm wrong. I still believe when you look at the odds and you look at the way too earlys, I think Kansas City will be getting more love than Cincinnati will be. But yes, that will be the narrative that the Bengals are in the Chiefs' head and that the Chiefs are going to have to figure something out in the offseason to be able to attack their kryptonite. Joe Burrow had five turnovers in the season opener this year against a mediocre Steelers team. Weird, but uh, but, he, but he caught fire after that slow start. It's it's interesting. And I and I do wonder how many did he finish with? Like twelve total? Is that what it was? Uh, like his season he had hang on. Uh twelve, thirty five and twelve. So he had seven in the final sixteen so he had, he had, games. He had five turnovers. I don't know if they were all intercepted. Gotcha. He might have fumbled a couple of them. I just know it was a twelve. But he had thirty five and twelve. It's a pretty good year, thirty five and twelve, I would say. Um because I, I, I find myself thinking, maybe I'm wrong. I do not think Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers will be big factors in the NFL next year. I just don't think they will. That doesn't mean they won't play there. That uh, what did I see the other day? That Brady is looking for a home or looking for schools for his kid in Miami. Is that right? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. So now, now again, I don't know how much he, how often he has his kids. You I know? think people s- said that that was kind of overblown because his kids live in Miami. Oh, they so, do. So that was kind of overblown. Okay. So, 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 so she lives. Yeah, that's there. where okay. Giselle lives. Okay. Well, then there you go. And, I, and my thought was. Yeah, I don't know how often he has what the custody arrangement is anyway. So if they already live in Miami, he's just trying to help out. But um, but I certainly could see that. I, I of all the teams you talk about, that's the one you see with the receivers and the weather and the division. And I could see that one. I could that one. I could see. Well, they tampered to try and make they it tried happen. to get him right and last year. That's why year. the Dolphins don't have a first round pick this year. Right, is because they went after Brady when they weren't allowed to. So. Obviously, there's an interest. There's, I'm sure, a mutual interest. It would be interesting to see if the Dolphins are brazen enough to get busted for the tampering, lose the first-round pick, and then still sign him. It almost feels like there would be a, oh, and you can never employ this person. Like, that's the other part of this. Is uh, So, I mean, I agree. It'd be a great fit uh, if, if he goes to the Dolphins. I still don't think that's where it'll be, but yeah, in terms of has he faced of it, Belichick by the way? What's up? Has Brady faced Belichick? Yes, I think they did his first okay. year in Tampa. It's not a lot because he's only been in Tampa three years, and they only play the Buck or the Bucks only play the Patriots every right. four. I don't think it was his first year, although it might have been. 
his first or second. I think it, they played his second year yeah. after he'd won the Super Bowl. Yeah, I that's what I am thinking. I, I can tell you that, that Sunday nighter is going to be one heck of a game. I mean, that is going to be some game. So I mean, that's that Sunday night game is going to be about as good as. I mean, you talk about fun to watch. I think they both are. Yeah, I mean, yeah. me too, me too, me too. I do. the The NFC game will be physical. Who can hit who in the mouth the best? You know, uh, who? Which, which conference is better? Right, right. Just which, which top to bottom best conference? I think it's the AFC, and I think it's the AFC by a, a wide margin in terms yeah. of the depth. Yeah, what you? I think it's the AFC too, but I won't be shocked if an NFC team wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Because obviously your conference step doesn't determine who wins at all. Because yeah, a lot of people think the two best teams still playing are the 49ers and the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a widely held belief, at least for this year, that the two best teams still standing are those two teams. Right. Hayes, and wouldn't you say like the best rosters would be the 49ers and the Eagles, like top to bottom? Of the four left. Of the four I left. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they're the most complete teams and uh, – you know, but then on the other side, you've got Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Yeah, because what I think is – The Bucks what, did play the Patriots uh, in 2021. It was week four. So, yeah, you're right. Uh, it, was he won. it was in Foxborough, and uh, uh, Tom beat Bill 1917. Okay. By the way, I can tell you, um, I think I think the, top, the, the best two teams might be those two NFC teams. But once you get – Three or four teams deep in the NFC, I don't think there's a lot of good teams at all. I mean, Dallas had the third best record in the conference. I don't think Dallas is very good. You know, I mean, I I just I just didn't find Dallas. The Giants made the playoffs. The Giants could be thirty eight to seven in the playoffs. I I I don't think there's much depth at all in that conference. I mean, Exhibit A is the Minnesota yeah. Vikings. And that, right, correct, I mean, correct. And, yeah, and they, that's the best example of all of yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, they somehow finished thirteen and four. And we're minus three in point differential. Yeah, yeah. So, so what, really, once you get beyond the top two or three teams in the NFC, there wasn't much there, man. The Bucks weren't very good. They won a division. The Giants weren't very good. They were in the playoffs. The Vikings, to your point, obviously weren't very good. They they lost to the Giants. You know, so uh, it, so there's not a lot of the two teams are good, but there's not a lot of depth. The AFC, you can go for a while now. I mean, you I mean, realistically, you look at the two teams still playing. You look at the Jags. You look at the Bills, or look at the Bills and the Jags, then the Chargers, then here come the Ravens and the Steelers and the Titans. And the, I, you can almost say there might be seven or eight teams in the AFC better than the fourth best team in the NFC, conceivably. I think so. I, I think you really can. I mean, I think, I think it's that big of a difference. But I think if you took, we'll take Herbert, for example, uh, took – Herbert off of the Chargers and put him on the Cowboys. Well, sure. Or put him on the Vikings. I wonder how much better those teams would oh, be. Oh, well, there's no question. But good point. But the, but you're right. The NFC is playing with their playoff quarterbacks are Dak, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins. That's their playoff quarterbacks. This conference's playoff quarterbacks are Burrow, Mahomes, Allen, Trevor, Herbert. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good group of. Off the top of my head, it's a pretty good group. And Lamar and Lamar wasn't playing. He was hurt, hurt, or he'd have been in it. Uh, if, you know, if if Lamar Jackson was healthy, and the Dolphins had a backup. Yeah, yeah, that's right. The good point. But if Lamar Jackson been healthy, your six AFC six six of your seven AFC quarterbacks who were in it would have been Mahomes and Burrow and Josh Allen and Trevor and Herbert and Lamar Jackson. NFC doesn't have any of that. They really NFC's got a really good quarterback in Jalen Hurts. 
Boy, after that. And it could get even more skewed because it's not out of the realm of possibility that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers could be in the AFC next year. In fact, conventional thinking, if you had to guess, is that they would. I mean, you you see if Aaron Rodgers leaves, you see Jets, you see Titans, you see AFC teams. If if Brady leaves, a lot of people think Raiders, you know? So, I mean, it, it's not – if you if you did odds, if there are there odds on where these guys are going to play next year? Do, do they got they got it. odds on everything? There's so. got to be odds on Brady right. and Rodgers. Yeah, so I will bet you the the best odds are, are, are I'll bet it's Raiders and Jets. I'll bet those are I'll bet those are the winning odds. I'll bet those are the. the this is a few days ago, but it's Raiders, Dolphins, 49ers, Patriots, Bucks. No, no, Brady and Brady. then Rodgers. So Brady, I said, Raiders. I said Raiders and then Jets. I said, okay. so, so Raiders. For Brady, it's Raiders, Dolphins. And who, and who is it for? I'll look. I'll bet, I'll, bet it's, I'll bet it's Raiders, Jets are the two. The two at the top of the, the, top of the heap. Uh, it's Packers and then Raiders for Aaron Rodgers. Packers and Raiders. Where are the Jets? Down the road a little Third. bit? Okay. So, anyways, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I'll take a break. Hey, when we come back, our friend Matt Paulus is going to stop by uh, from JOI. He's going to talk about emergency action plans. And what do people really do? What are the roles? It's really interesting stuff. We all watch the DeMar Hamlin thing unfold. That's up next. Stay with us. Welcome back to the program. Glad you're with us on a Friday. Let's say hello to our friend Matt Paulus, who's here from JOI. Hey, old buddy. Good. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, well, we're, we're excited. We're all Gator fans. We get Graham Mertz. Hey. Are you kidding me? Four-star coming your way, <laughs> okay, baby. I we, love it. I, again, when what we'll do is we'll FaceTime you from New York <laughs> at the Downtown Athletic Club. I, I would. I would be honored. Okay, it so would be great, you know, so. but you know it's it's a double edged sword for me because you know he did terrible at Wisconsin. Yeah. and my wife's a Gator, so ah, now she gets to live. You get to see more of the pain. <laughs> I get to watch even it's, more of the pain. It's family wide pain for you then. Okay, there yeah. you go. Boy, this sounds like fun. Yeah, <laughs> Matt, my, Matt, you know my theory. My, you know my theory. My theory is that Wisconsin's offense was so bad that he's really good, and y'all just ruined him. It was, yeah, that's, that's my most theory. likely, yes, because that's, that's, I'm standing was, by that theory. It's been horrific the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, so. I'm standing by that theory. Doesn't even matter if I'm right or not. I'm just staying with it. So yep. I'm staying with the theory. Yep. So, but anyway, uh, hey, a lot of things we want to get to, but I'm glad, I'm glad this is our topic for today. We got you like once a month this time of year. But when we all saw what happened with DeMar Hamlin, it was amazing to all of us how prepared and ready everybody was the stadium, the personnel. Yep. And there is an emergency action plan. T- tell us about that, what that means, how it's rehearsed or planned. Take us kind of through that the, the from 10,000 feet. Uh, in generality, it's just, you know, what, what do you do in different situations during emergency, you know, when it happens, right? right? So you got, you know, cardiac arrest like this one. You got airway problem. You got, um, you know, neck injury. You have all these different things that you try to plan for, right? And so, um, obviously, at the NFL level versus – well, even Division One, you know, college football level, you know, they do scenarios. They usually have um, the MS crews that usually work that stadium. They'll come in. They'll do some preparation. They'll go through different scenarios. What are you know different symbols for what to bring out on the field? Um, all those types of things. So they'll go. They'll go through that. They usually rehearse that. You know, every year. If not every year, it's every couple of years. You know, they try to get together in case the crew changes or whatever. Right. And obviously at the NFL level, you have 20 doctors on each sideline, right? So it's a little bit different, right? They have airway specialists. They have concussion people. They got, you know, heart people. They got everything, right? So obviously this is like the the prime example of what can happen on a football field and what 
proper training and proper personnel can really, you know, help get through and, and manage the best way possible. What was your perspective watching that game that night if so, you were watching it live? Yeah, I, I was watching I, – I had it on, and I was doing something on my phone. I don't know what I'm looking at. Something, I'm sure, you know, some Fox or something like that. But um, – Fox News, that is, right. sorry. Um, <laughs> and I was with you. I heard – These I two, heard, these two, that's where their mind goes. Was, I was with you, okay. I heard something, and I looked up, and I just saw the one trainer, uh, athlete trainer from – the Bills say to the, I'm sorry, yeah, from the Bills say to the athletic trainer from the Bengals, hey, get the ambulance out here right away. I, I noticed him say that, and I was like, well, that's not good. And then once the f- circle started to form, I was like, hmm, I wonder what happened. And they, and, uh, they didn't really re- replay the thing. So a colleague of mine, she sent me the video, and I was like, well, it's got to be cardiac. And she's like, why would you think that? I'm like, well, you got hit right in the chest. That's the only thing I can think of as to why they would have everything going on at that point. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's a very rare situation to happen. Um, usually you find that more in, like, baseball or softball. If, like, a kid gets hit right in the chest by a line drive or something like that, or, a, you know, that can cause the heart to, you know, get out of rhythm or, or stop. Um, so sometimes you hear that, you see that. It wasn't. I wouldn't say it's necessarily a violent hit. It wasn't, you know, you see probably 20 more hits every game that looked way worse than that. But, you know, he just hit him right, you know, square in the chest. You know, whether he had other things going on at the same time, um, you know, COVID or, you know, he had COVID or at one point or something like that. And that was causing, you know, because they talked about, you know, his lungs afterwards and stuff like that. Is that from the the CPR action or is that from something he was already dealing with? So there's a lot of different unknowns in that aspect that I still haven't really heard them come out and say much about. But, um, yeah, so when I actually saw the replay, I figured, you know, it, that had to be the most logical thing that happened at that point. And have you seen that type of incident, a cardiac arrest incident, happen at the high school level where maybe there weren't as many people prepared? Uh, thankfully, I have not. <laughs> um, you read about them. You know, we get we have our newsletter for athlete trainers that comes out every month and you know, they'll have success stories in there, obviously, of, you know, high schools, middle schools, you know, things happening, you know, whether it's players or it's a parent in the stands. You know, we've had those situations, too, where we, the athlete trainer, you know, kind of handles all that, right? You know, something happens in the stands at a high school game, the band member, right. any of those, you know, the athlete trainers are usually helping with that and then and then getting, getting care for them, whatever needs to be done. Matt, were you – were you working at, with Kenny when Tim Krause was the coordinator there before he, he obviously left and came back to be the head coach? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you there when he hurt his leg? Were you, were you working that uh, night? Yeah, when he sliced it open on the yeah, – Yeah. yeah. He was, the, Tim Krause is now the head, very good head coach, who's yep. the head coach of Bishop Kenny, was the coordinator at the time. Yeah, yeah. And got, got – And Mark when Thorson was – Mar- And Mark Thorson was the coach. coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. And got rolled. And it would, would, would tell us what happened. I mean, it was awful, right? Yeah, it, it sliced open the – his uh, calf pretty bad. Yeah, um, this is the coach. Yeah, it was it was pretty it was pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, we had to stop the bleeding obviously, and then got him care. But um, I don't remember if he st- did he stay at the game or did you did he take he stayed for a while and he le- and then he went. Yeah, okay. Um, How did I it remember, happen? Um, I think on, on the on a play. I think he got hit into the bleacher. I think the yeah. bleacher is ah. what cut him. But I can um, I can remember. I remember thinking about that poor Tim. You ne- you never see a a a coach. Yep. Get get injured. I mean, it looked like a serious injury. Yeah, it was it was terrible. 
So, you know, in our in our emergency action plans at all our schools, you know, we're not only we're not only covering, you know, an on field situation like that. You you know, we we're involved with emergency action plans for heat illness, right? You know, now we have submersion tanks at all the schools. You know, if somebody's overheating, you do that. You know, you gotta know where all the AEDs are on the campus, right? You know, fortunately most of our schools can afford to have a couple different around around campus. Um so knowing where those are located and, and fast access to those is, is helpful. All of our athlete trainers for foot, when they go with football, will travel with an AED as well with them so that they have it on the ready and make sure because, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, the cost to have an ambulance at a game um, is quite high. Um, and then there's obviously there's different levels of ambulance. You know, there's BLS versus ALS, you know, basic life support versus advanced life support. So advanced life support has a paramedic that can administer drugs and, and put in an airway. You know, BLS, maybe, maybe not, most likely not. So um, those are all things that are factors. And then obviously if you're talking about freshman football or JV football, yeah. you know, you, you might not have an emergency crew nearby. It's all 911 based, right? So these are all things that we, you know, we run through, we review every year. Um, every coach at the schools get a, get a copy of this plan. Um, it's always gone over. We always have a, uh, before school starts a meeting with, with basically all the coaches, most of them are teachers, right? So they kind of go over the entire campus where stuff located. These are what you do in different situations. Um, those are all reviewed, um, as well as like the lightning policy. Um, you know, whenever lightning's in the area, what, who's in charge of that. So athlete trainers are involved in all these different things at the schools and, and we help update them every year. and and make sure that they're they're up to date with the standards um, across the board in the country. Matt, what's the challenge if a football player goes into cardiac arrest? They're in full pads. Mm -hmm. So how do you work around the gear? Yeah. So main thing is you get airway access right away. Okay. So you you, you cut loose the the clips of a of a face mask, right? Um, if you have to get to the chest for a cardiac situation and you just cut the jersey, you cut the you cut the straps and you open it, you got access right away. Um, you know, the main thing is a lot of times when somebody goes down, you don't know if there's a neck injury involved too, right? So that's that's always our first go-to is we clear we obviously check see if they're conscious that those types of things. Check you know if they are conscious, make sure the neck's okay, and then you kind of go to the to the rest of it from there. But um, yeah, so if they have that stuff on, you know, we're not worried about <laughs> replacing the jersey or the, you know, the pads. Obviously, we just we just cut them, and we have you know heavy duty scissors that'll cut through anything like that. So so that's then, seconds. Yeah, it's yeah. it's you cut the clips off a you cut the clips off a helmet in ten seconds. Jersey, another ten seconds. That's interesting. I always wondered that yeah. too. The helmet, the helmet. You, we have a we have special cutters time. for for that reason. Some some now with the different technology, different helmets, you have to have different things available, right? You know, there's special cutters for the depending on what the clip is. Um, some some you can't get one on, so you have to have like a power screwdriver to get them. You know, get them off quick. So those are other things that that we we carry on the sidelines on most most things. Now, we think of athletic trainers being present at every sporting event, but that hasn't always been the case. It's nope. fairly recently that all of Duval County got athletic trainers, but yep. it, it seems like when something like this happens with Damar Hamlin or, or a few years ago with Keontae Johnson, it does seem like athletic trainers need to be present at, at every sporting opportunity. Yeah, I mean, uh, like you said, it's great that Duval County now has them at 
at all their their public um, high schools, and then you know it's trickling down into even um, recreation, um, not recs, um, club sports. You know, like soccer's. You know, the all those having a trained athlete train, you know, a certified athlete trainer on their sidelines for a lot of their activities is becoming more the norm now. So obviously, you know, it, it highlights the need for athlete trainers and, and the strides we made, you know, in the last 20 years, but there's definitely a lot more that can be done. And, and one of them is, is just getting more in the field, you know, getting more people interested in, in the field. Matt, what in your whole career doing this, what is the scariest thing you've seen? Whether it's at a game, whether I mean, what what, what is what is I mean, obviously you've done this a long time. You've had to have seen some tough ones. Yeah, in, in college we had a, a kid with a, a neck fracture that we, we you know had to do the cut the face mask off, you know, spine board. Um, so, so you were out deal. there. Yeah, I was out there. Um, so you did know, you know immediately his neck was broken? No, it was he didn't have feeling down one arm. You know, he was tender right on his right on his neck. You know, those are the two things you're like, okay, well, we got a, we got a spine board. And obviously, you know, he had a, he had a fracture at C6. So, um, in the cervical spine. So he pretty much was done playing football after that. Were you um, in school? I was in school at I that mean, point. I mean, that had to freak you out. Seriously. Yeah, I was, I mean, you know, right? you do a lot of the training, you do a lot yeah. of scenarios in your head, right? You know, yeah. you know, to prepare. And then obviously when it happens, you're just kind of on autopilot. A yeah, lot of times, you I know. got you. I got so you. you know, for that, that's what happened on that one. You know, I've fortunately I've not had you know a cardiac issue or airway issue. Those would be, yeah. um, you know, you get some some kids that will pass out on you and stuff like that. You know, those can be scary at times too. Just until you, okay, they're breathing, they just passed out. You know, those types of things. But um, yeah, that's probably the the most scary one. And and knowing that we what we had to do and did the right things right away for him to, to get, you know, okay. All right. Matt Polish from JY. Great having you. So tell for people that don't know, tell us about the rehab at JY. If someone needs your services. Yeah. So, um, you know, if they need anything, we, we also have now what's called uh, direct access. So you don't need to see a physician, um, for most insurances. Um, you can get 30 days of treatment without a prescription from a doctor. So you can call any of our locations. Obviously, I'm at the San Marco office. But any of our clinics can schedule for any of our 12 around town um, and get you in to see a, a PT or an athlete trainer and, and get you started on your, your road to recovery. Um, obviously, if you have a prescription from the doctor, it doesn't have to be from a JOI doctor either. We'll take you know from any doctor. It doesn't matter as long as long as um, you have that, we can get you in and get you scheduled within two or three days, most likely, right, and most, at most clinics. Where is Aaron Rodgers going to play next year? <laughs> <laughs> um, does the Amazon jungle have a team <laughs> that, for his medicine that he likes to take? <laughs> I think he's going to go to the Bucks. And uh, oh Mertz is going to go to the gate. We'll have them all down here. We'll, we'll, we'll bring them all down I thought down you were going to say that him and uh, Brady were going to swap or something. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, craziness. Uh, Matt, Paul. Matt, thanks, buddy. Good to see you. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, back in a moment. Lauren's got a uh, Brooks Beats coming up. She's going to give away some tickets. That's next. Stay with us. My eyes are open wide. By the way, I made it through the day. I watched the world outside. If you want to go see Shine Down, a band from right here in Jacksonville, along with Three Days Grace and From Ashes to New, coming up Friday, April 14th, we call it number four right now. It's 641 1010. 
Call number 4641-1010. You will win the pair of tickets. Again, that show is Friday, April 14th at Star Veterans Memorial Arena. The tickets went on sale this morning at 10 a.m. So if you don't win the tickets, of course, go on to Ticketmaster and go buy your tickets. I know that song. I thought you might know that one. That one's Second Chance. Okay, listen, we've got a debate going on here. We're watching Casino Royale. (laughs) You're locked in, Brooks. Well, I've never seen this movie. It's good. Yeah, I've seen all. You haven't seen all the. You haven't seen. No. Have you seen any Bond movies? Maybe I've seen like one of the Sean Connery ones and maybe one of the Pierce Brosnan ones, and that's about it. Really? Wow. Yeah. And if I've seen all of them, I'd be surprised. I think I've seen parts of them. I've got to believe I've seen all the Bond movies. All of them. But that's you know, you haven't seen the most recent. Ones. I haven't. I've seen all, well, I've seen all the Connery movies. I've seen all the Roger Moore movies. Um, did you see all the Timothy Dalton? The, the ones? Timothy Dalton, I saw some. How many were, were there? I think he did three: Living was, Daylights, yeah, okay. uh, License to Kill. Saw, Maybe he just did. I two. saw those. I saw those. I saw. But there's only two good Bonds, by the way. Just this guy's no good. Okay, the two good Bonds. He started out good. Yeah, there's no good. No, he's and good. then it ended up just being a disaster. Yeah, the, the, only la- two for the last Dalton. Bond movie is one of the worst movies yeah. I've ever seen, yeah. and shame on all of them. Yeah, and, and I and I, I mean, I mean, Lauren asked me earlier if I didn't like Pierce Brosnan, I could beat him up. If I could beat him up, he's a bad Bond. Okay, I mean, if Pierce Brosnan came right here, I'd beat him up. Okay, I, I mean, I mean, he's very pretty so boy. He's, he's not a good. He can't I mean, be yeah, that's why he was hired on the job is because they were trying to get I think women to watch the flick, yeah, not just yeah. men. But I do have a question. Roger Moore is kind of a sissy too. Right? But he was a great Bond. Though. You didn't like Roger Moore was a good Bond. No, he was a good Bond because yeah. it's a great character. Yeah, he he was he was yeah he was uh he was he was cool he was he was cool Bond, but I mean Connery I mean Connery and Roger Moore were the. But was, so everyone got multiple bonds. cracks at being a Bond, other than George Lazenby. What Correct. was wrong with him? Yeah, that's before my time. Yeah. Okay. When did it was that movie? I don't remember. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember the George I don't, Lazenby Bond. I, I've never seen them. It's that's the only. Is that was only between, Her Majesty's Secret Service? That is correct. Okay. Was he between? Was he between Connery and Moore? He was. Oh, that's, and I, well, that's and I don't know whether that was like a studio thing. Or he looks if, perfect for being a Bond, at least. From the picture I'm looking at from 1969. Yeah. yeah, I have. I can't help you with that. You have one. a favorite Bond movie? Favorite Bond movie? The the one that I loved is a uh, is a kid. This came out when I was about eight years old. Was Octopussy? A good movie. Loved Ro- it. It's a Roger Moore movie. Roger yeah, that's Moore a Roger Bond. Moore yeah. one. Yeah. And then uh, I liked A View to a Kill, which was yeah. after that. Yeah. Tanya right. Roberts is in Who A View to a Kill. Right. Um, and so old school Bond, too old for you then. Like diamonds are forever. Well, I'll tell you, like the Bond. only Sean Connery Bond movie that I've seen because I don't like yeah. watching old. Mo- I'm not a big old movie. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm not um, either. and so I've never seen Doctor No or yeah. you've or never any- seen Diamonds that, are Forever. Which is the first I've one. never seen Di- Doctor. Yeah, I've diamonds are Forever is fantastic. Yeah, and I'm sure they're great. Fantastic. I mean, I'm they obviously built the this great franchise, but it's hard for it's just for whatever reason yeah. hard. For, I've never seen the Maltese Falcon. It's okay, just it's yeah. hard for me to go I'm back. Not, I'm not old and watch. I guess I'm so. I guess I'm so old. The Diamonds Are Forever is an old movie to me, but, <laughs> yeah. I, but I get it. But, but the movies so, are old movies to me. That came out in 71. So the Sean Connery Bond movie I saw was, he did one in the 80s when he was like in his 50s. And Kim Basinger is in it, is Domino. And I'm trying to think, I think it's called, Thun- it's not Thunderball, but it's some, oh, it's maybe, maybe that one's called You Only Live Twice. I that think was Roger I, Moore. That was Roger Moore. There, Sean Connery did a Bond movie in the 80s. He returned, yeah. but it was outside of- Oh, the, it's on my list. Okay. 
and that's why. Yes. Okay. Because okay. it was outside of the creative team right. approval. Gotcha. And I don't know how they were able never to do it. Never say never again? Never say never again. Okay. Right. That's the name never of it. Never say never again. And, uh, and it's not very good. Um, and he's way, you know, he's, it's, it's. Yeah, I didn't see that. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, not a great film, but. Uh, I loved Bond movies. Bond movies are great. Uh, Bond so movies this is the first But it Daniel helps when Bond actually, I don't know, lives <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> I love that, by the way. I love the fact the that- The name I, of the flick you're talking about is No Time to Die. That's literally the that's name the of it. That's the last one? That's the last one. Yeah. No Time I to Die. I erased it from my memory. <laughs> well, there must because, have been some time. Okay, so, right. Yeah. So there, so well, there was a time. <laughs> yeah, there- Oh, I just I lost it when Frank said I could beat Pierce Brosnan up, and it was right before we were coming back on air. And I wasn't sure I was even going to be able to ask Matt. I mean, Paul really, he's Pierce Brosnan <laughs> is the baddest secret agent on the planet. Really, of all the secret agents on the planet, Pierce Brosnan's the baddest one. Really, I mean, I, I'm not arguing. Yeah, just a fair, very friend, fair point. Our friend Charles Fenwick said, "On Her Majesty's Secret Service is widely considered by yeah. the critics to be the best James Bond movie. Great movie, great. There you great, have it. Great movie. Yeah, that's so. the one with Lazenby. Yes." Okay. Yeah, that's the only then time he was ever it. in. I saw it. that. Okay, then I did see it. Like I didn't remember. I don't remember him at all, but I remember the movie. Huh. Sean Connery must have gotten mad because he did five in a row. Then they hired George Lazenby. Then he did one more, and then you're saying he kind the of one did more one more was outside. Diamonds Are Forever. The one more was Diamonds Are Forever. Phenomenal right. movie. So just isn't Moonraker considered a really good one? That was Roger Moore. Very. Yeah, that's good. a Roger yeah, Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's got Jaws. See, the 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 great thing about Bond movies are the villains. No question. You get Jaws. What's Grace get, Jones? What was one was she? She's in uh, A View to a Kill. View to a Kill, okay. With Christopher Walken. Yeah, correct. Oh, sometimes yeah. the the villain is a female. Yes. Grace Jones oh, very nice. Okay. Uh, the female is a villain in uh, The World Is Not Enough. Okay. Uh, and a spoiler alert, if you guys haven't, because that one you don't know that she's the villain <laughs> until kind of the end. It's the girl from. It's okay. That movie Braveheart. came out in 1999. If but, you don't uh, have to give spoilers. Sophie Marshow, I think, is her okay. name. She's the villain in A World. The World Is Not Enough. Um. So there, there have yeah. been. It's it's rare. I uh, like it though. But I like it, the it, it happens. The only the only one I liked. I have been educated today. Uh, with um, with. Pierce Brosnan was the one with was it Famke Jensen in it? Yes, Goldeneye. Is that Goldeneye? Which that one I kind of like spawned the greatest one of the greatest video games okay. ever made, <laughs> ever made. <laughs> Goldeneye, which uh, they're now trying to like bring okay, back right, somehow. So Goldeneye was phenomenal, unbelievable. No, that, was game. that was a really good. Also, movie. hey, sincere movie person, I have a question. I would have thought that the Bond movies would have had a, the same director for the large majority of I them. I think they always are had, different. They're not always. They've had like the same one like, like multiple times, but They've still. had the same one like when it started, like when way started. back when. Yes. Yeah, and then because, Sam Mendes recently, correct. 2012 and 2015, were the only, was the only guy that doubled the, up. Oh, that came back. Okay, yeah. yeah. So they, they became- it, That's strange It, 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 it became sort of a badge of honor, just okay. like it did for the musicians that did the theme song. It oh. became kind of a, wow, we've made it, Right, you know, gotcha. they chose us to do the new Bond theme. Okay. Well, 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 that's right. Well, in uh, Goldeneye, uh, Famke Jensen played Xenia on a top. Right, one of the greatest villains of yes. all time. Just so you know, yeah, that's great, right. One of the greatest villains of all. Yeah. maybe my favorite Bond villain. So she's fantastic. Xenia on a top. Yeah, which is fantastic. I give you guys. Well, it can't be bigger than this. <laughs> <laughs> give you well, guys some news. What do you got, Gib? It's kind of big. Uh, Travis Kelsey has popped up. With a back injury, questionable wow. for the game Sunday. You know he's going to play, yeah. but uh, you know, but but this just came out. The NFL Network said he was supposed to meet with them a few minutes ago, but they canceled. How about that? Wow, that could. But be he it. was a full participant in practice. That is strange. Yeah, well, it just came out one minute ago from NFL Network. Well, that could you know that could affect. 
loser money draft. It could. It's it very away. well. Uh, there you go. So don't um, give anyone any ideas. By all means, let him fall to twelve. <laughs> yeah. The, the, hey, hey, I want to want to weigh in on this University of Miami thing. I'll continue it in a minute. Um, they fired Josh Gaddis. I, I get this feeling. I don't know if they're going to get it right down there. I, I mean, say what you want about the struggles of Billy Napier in year one, but it was a brutal schedule. They played most of the good teams really tough. I mean, obviously it was a disaster at the end. They didn't have the quarterback, but they didn't have any. They had nobody, no team. But I mean, I mean, they played really. They played Tennessee really tough. They played Florida State really tough. They. It wasn't a disastrous season. They certainly played Georgia tougher yep. than TCU. <laughs> yeah, 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 it wasn't a disastrous season. It was a disappointing season, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I, Not I, dysfunctional I, in any way, shape, yeah. or form. Now here comes Miami. Here comes Miami getting all the players. I don't. I don't know what to think of Miami. They're still playing in a in a big NFL stadium. They don't sell a lot of tickets. I don't sense there's much juice in the program, even with Mario there. It, and, and I'm not down there, but I talked to a lot of people that are down there. What's your, what's your what's your feeling about that? They recruited great. They have a top five, top ten recruiting class, whatever it was, uh, top five, right? Yeah. So, so will this be will this jumpstart Miami football? And and in fairness to Mario Cristobal, maybe he's being proactive. Maybe he looked up and said, "Look, I hired the wrong coordinator. I'm not going to sit around and screw this up. We got a lot of really good players coming here. I'm going to fix it." What's your what, what, what's your guess? Well, I'm I'm first surprised that you're suggesting that a team that lost to Middle Tennessee 45-31 yeah. is struggling, yeah. and a team that lost to Duke 45 to 21 is uh, is having trouble getting getting out of the gate. Both um, at home, yeah, both at home, and uh, and and hung in with Florida State 45 to three. Yeah, um, 45 to three, and lost to Pitt in the finale 42 to 16. There are some bludgeonings in here. Clemson wasn't very – I mean, Clemson yeah. is a good team. But Clemson wasn't the Clemson that we're sort of used to. And they won 40-10. to 10. So how many of these games did Miami lose by 14 or more? One, two, three, four. Miami lost five games by at least 14. And one of those five is Middle Tennessee. That's – you're not close. Yeah. Florida can at least make the argument, to your point – Brutal schedule. They did beat Utah, you know, which ended up being the champion of right. the Pac-12 and in the Rose Bowl. I, uh, I mean, what's Miami's? Did Miami well, have a decent win? No, it, they it, beat. They, no, not and, really. And Florida still. Florida, even when LSU is down, and when even Texas A&M is down as they were this year, they still have resources in a big stadium that when things get turned, people are going to go to and. And I just, and again, I, I admire so much what Miami was able to do, and I mean that sincerely, from the late 80s all the way to 2001. It's one of the greatest runs in college football history. Sure. But I just don't know, again. It's going to take the recruiting being yeah, a monster. This may be the last chance, the last thing that could do it. It's, I mean, they've had, I, I keep repeating this, one 10 win season since 2002. One. I mean, anybody can win 10. Jim McElwain won 10 twice. You know, I mean, Teams win ten games nowadays, particularly if you're in the AFC, in the ACC. And I just—they've uh, lost at least three games every year, at least three. Many of these seasons, it's way more four, than four, five, that. six. Yeah. yeah, or seven. Yeah. Uh, but they've lost at least three games every year since 2003. Every year, yeah. How about that? Even even the ten win season, they lost three. They won ten wins. They were ten and three in twenty seventeen. Yeah, and they and even that year they lost. Three. Yeah, so I I just I don't know. I I just don't know that college football sets up anymore 
for a team without traditional resources to win. I just, they're not going to, now those kids they used to find in Palm Beach and Lauderdale and Miami that nobody else knew about, everybody knows about them. That's the big thing. Back then, Amari Cooper might not have gotten out to Alabama because people might not have known, known about him. Now, if there's a good player in South Florida, they might get him, but they may not get him because Ohio State or Michigan might come in there and get him. That was not happening in the 80s, in the 90s. Those guys, that, 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 when, when Howard Schnellenberger said, we're going to put a fence around the state of Miami, and that meant from West Palm, the, the top of Palm Beach County all the way down, he kept a lot of those guys. Now, some got away. Some guys went up to FSU in Florida, but for the most part, he kept those guys. You know what they weren't doing? They weren't going to Ohio State and Alabama and LSU. They weren't. Now I think schools with more resources can come get the players out of your backyard they couldn't before. And I've said that for the longest time. And then I started believing, well, maybe Mario Cristobal is the one guy that can change that. And from a recruiting standpoint, it looks like maybe he has. I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to get a handle on what 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 really is going on down there. And I can understand that considering I, I know Hayes and I were high on Miami coming into last season because it seemed like Mario Cristobal had brought that juice that you're talking about, and they had the quarterback in Tyler Van Dyke. So okay, you know this is going to be a team that with an e- fair fairly easy schedule is going to make some noise in the ACC and Tyler Van Dyke seemed to be awful and they never got it going. I'm not surprised they fired Gattis at this point in time, but again, Miami, if it's a good team, the path of resistance is so easy. I mean, this is their non-conference schedule next year. Miami of Ohio, Bethune Cookman, Temple and Texas A&M. Texas A&M might be hard, but also may not be. And that one, right. Texas A&M travels to Miami. So that is where you can make some hay. And they're in that coastal, Right. Which means they probably don't get Clemson, do they? They do not. They don't get Clemson, you know, in the oh, league. Oh, actually, they do have Clemson. They do have right. them next year. Okay, so but, but you get the point. So, um, But uh, then they'll rotate off for a while Yeah, because they I, had them this past year. Right. So, and Clemson goes to Miami. Yeah, I just find myself thinking, I just, and I still say this, football's better when Miami's good and feared in the smoke and the crowds. And I just, I, I find myself wondering if that's ever happening again. I've told you guys this story before. The saddest Miami moment that I saw they were playing Virginia Tech. I don't remember what year it was. I did I did college games 07 through 13, so it was somewhere in that stretch. Logan Thomas was a Virginia Tech quarterback, whatever year that was. Whatever it was one of the years. Okay, so it was raining now. It was, it was a bad rainstorm in October, okay? It might have been 13, might have been 12 or 13. Whatever whenever Logan Thomas was at Virginia Tech. I'm not making this up in that 70,000 seat stadium. There were not 15,000 people there. I don't know what they announced, but I'm telling you, it's probably 13, 12 or 13 would have been the game. I'm telling you, there were not 15,000 people in the game. And we, you know, Florida State and Florida all have some bad crowds. When Florida State is a bad crowd and people pick, pick on them, that's because that 80,000 seat stadium has about 35 in it, right? And that, that's when they take a beating. When, when the big schools take a beating, maybe 40. I'm telling you, there weren't 15,000 people there. Can you imagine that? Now? Was it 42-24? Was that the final? Virginia Tech that, beating in, Miami? In Miami? Mm-hmm. I think so. With, okay, Logan so Thomas, with Logan Thomas quarterback? Yeah. Okay, so what year? 13, right? 2013. I'm telling you, well, I don't know what the crowd was announced, but there weren't 15,000 in the place. I, I've never seen anything like it. I, I mean, I, in, in all my years of watching college football or covering college football or calling college football games, I've never, I'm telling you, hey, I've never seen anything like well, it. Well, I mean, uh, I wonder what the attendance was for the home finale against Pitt this year. I mean, would you think it was – you always announce tickets distributed if you're not selling any, but it I'm just says going. attendance on ESPN for that game in 2013 was 49,267. Not a t- 
Not a chance. <laughs> I, they, that ha- I'm telling you, there weren't 15,000 people. There must be there. tickets sold. There, 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 weren't, there weren't. It was. We were all, we, our jaws were dropping at the amount of people that weren't at that game. I mean, our jaws were dropping just trying to watch it. It was, it was, that, it was that astounding. So I'll take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk college basketball. Keontae Johnson uh, will play against the Gators this weekend. Got a lot of thoughts about that. Stay with us. Now back to a Big Chief Tire Friday on the Frangie Show. Big Chief Tire. Visit BigChiefService.com. Great Frangie. Hey, it's Carlion, Lauren Brooks, and Andrew Gibson here with you. Glad you're along for the ride with us on 1010XL and on 92.5 uh, FM. Florida had the great Florida Florida basketball had the great teams and won back to back titles. That team will be etched in in college basketball history forever. Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford and Corey Brewer and Lee Humphrey and Torian Green and Walter Hodge and Chris Richard. We all will we'll know those names forever, right? I mean, it, it's etched in forever. Anyway, you, did you know Lee Humphrey's a huge Jaguars fan? I know he lives here. I He's know, a li- big Jaguars fan. I was listening he? to one of the broadcasts driving home one night on our station, and he started talking about. Yeah. The Jaguars and yeah. Sean Kelly was like, "You do this every week or whatever." Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "That's awesome! Yeah, I just yeah. didn't know that." I knew he lives in Jacksonville, so, but so anyway, but so I think about this. Those five players, those starters, will live in in history. Um, I think Vernon Maxwell, Dwayne Shinsis. There's a handful of guys. Uh, the 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 the, the guys in '94, Andrew DeClerc, Andrew DeClerc, and those guys. Certainly, Patrick Young. And, and and his teammates. What about like Chandler Parsons? Chandler Parsons wasn't ever on a good team. Right. He was a good, really good player, better pro than a college player. Mike Miller. Yeah. yeah. Mike, Mike Miller for sure. Mike Miller was both. So Mike Miller may Mike, Mike Miller may be the best player they've ever had there. Certainly, uh, Noah Horford. If you lump all those guys together. But if Keontae Johnson never collapses, I think he was on his way to being. One of the top three or four players, the way the top two or three players in the history of Florida basketball. I think he would have been that good. We don't we'll never know now. I mean, right now, this year, he is averaging eighteen. Eighteen point six a game. Eight I mean, how many players in Florida history have ever averaged that in a season? In the history of the, in the history of the program. How many players have they ever had average eighteen now and again he, he didn't do it at Florida, he's doing it now. How many have ever done it? I don't think Beal had that as freshman year. I don't know. And Beal, and by the way, Beal went on to be maybe the greatest pro, but he he just stopped by for a year. He was there for a year, and yeah. they went to the Elite Eight. They but, did. They went to the. But Elite it's eight. not it's not a no one of Billy's more memorable teams. That's sure. the year that Boynton missed a jump, the three pointer to send them to the Final Four. They were down. They were down two, and he missed a three pointer to win uh, at the end wherever they were. That's how they didn't get to the Final Four that year. But anyway, but the point in, in Beal's year, but I don't know as a college. I'm not talking about a future pro. I'm talking about as a college player, the year he was going to have. He was the preseason SEC player of the year. That's how that's how much people in the league thought of the guy. I he's six foot six. He's two thirty. He jumps out of the gym. He's got great range from three points, uh, three point range. I think he was on his way. And he and Trey band together that year. I think it's one of the. And again, we're all caught up in what a, what a sad story it is for 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 Keontae, and it is a sad story. Because and it's a wonderful uh, story now that he's been able to come back. Wonderful comeback story. He's only 22 years old. But what he could have been, if I lost my mind, I think he'd have been one of the greatest players in school history. Is that over the top? I don't think he would have been his top three, no. But I think he would have been certainly maybe top seven. I think he could have been in there. 
and uh, you know, and so I'm I'm quibbling. I mean, your your yeah, yeah. points is he'd been a he'd a, left a unforgettable legacy at Florida, and and I don't think there's any doubt about that. I just uh, an incredible incredible athlete, incredible player, and it's it's it really is. It's it, that will always be a domino. And and really, to be honest, in the line of dominoes, we're only probably on like the third domino. But imagine where it'll be when we're on the thirtieth, in terms of what that medical event. The the you know obviously thank goodness he he survived it, but how that singular event changed the course of potentially a Florida basketball. No question, no question. Because certainly, like we've talked about off air, like Mike White is still at Florida and and all the other. I things. think they're a Final Four team that year. Mm-hmm. I just really do. By the way, Neil Walk averaged twenty point eight points per game. And Neil and Neil Walk, but I, that's who, the highest. Ever. And Neil Walk, who's the second pick in the draft behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, might be the greatest player in Florida history. I mean, he I mean, he he went second. They don't they haven't had a whole lot of guys go second in the draft, right? He went second in the draft, so he was a great great player, no question. The, the late Neil Walk, I'd rest his soul. But you're right, he he was certainly one of them. Uh, and and people people forget how good he was because. Unfortunately, for the the Milwaukee Bucks picked first, and the Phoenix Suns picked second, and you didn't want to be the team to pick second because number one was getting Lou Alcindor, who became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. But I'm just telling you, I think this guy it's a lot like Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of is it's the way it turned out. Uh, anyway, Keontae also averages seven and a half rebounds per game. He's leading. He's leading the third ranked team in the country in points and rebounds, and he's good in today's NBA. With six six physical guys who could run and shoot and, and make threes and p- provided his health holds up and and and, and God I sure hope so mm-hmm. he's going to be a great NBA player he's got NBA written all over him man is he someone who could make the three of us who never watch the NBA watch the NBA more often? I will pro- I, in large part with us because he's the Florida guy right yeah I th- wherever he goes I will like I haven't watched the NBA more because Trey Mann is in the I NBA. haven't either I haven't either. He, but I, I think I would for Keontae Johnson yeah because I think he's going to be a better pro than Trey Mann absolutely Trey Mann went at the end of the first round and he's, and he's an okay pro but yeah I mean Bradley Beal's a great pro and he doesn't make me watch also true I saw Bradley Beal play in person uh, this year I saw I saw a Wizards game this year when I was doing a touchdown radio game. And and I, w- I watched him play in person, and I will tell you he uh, he uh, he's a great player. I mean, Bradley Beal's a great player, but it doesn't make me turn it on. Keontae Wood. And here's the other thing about Keontae Johnson: that son of a gun never complained. He showed up at practice every day. He sat on that bench every day. They um they they, they I mean he never and they could not let him play. He wanted so badly to, but he knew the doctors would, and he understood. He never complained. He said, "I understand." I don't want to put Florida at risk. I don't want to put myself at risk. And 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 they waited till a doctor would clear him. So someone said the, the, the conventional thinking, and David Whitley wrote a great column about this, the conventional thinking is, well, wait a minute. If Kansas State doctors could clear him, why couldn't Florida? Sure. Well, at Florida, you would have always been worried. You would have always been nervous. You would have always been the, his teammates, his coaches, fans, in Kansas State, he's just he's a new guy that came in. You know, Kansas State people weren't as attached emotionally to that story. He couldn't have played at Florida. He couldn't have. And frankly, I don't think he could have played around Florida. Now, the luck of the draw is that he's playing against them one game. But I, I don't think he – you see my point? I, sure. Whitley wrote that, and I think he's dead on. I don't want to steal the point as if it's mine because it's David's. But he could not – this wouldn't have worked around here. Too many people worried. Too many people, and and Florida would have looked like mercenaries putting him back out there. They 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 would have 
they would have – I don't think they avoided it because of how they looked. I think they avoided it because they wanted to take care of – protect him. But they would have looked like mercenaries that care about nothing but winning. There's no way Florida could have won if they tried to play him. No way. And I guess I don't know this for sure, but I've never heard that Florida didn't clear him. Kansas State did clear him. I just felt like he got he could have gotten to the point where he said, I need a new environment. And, and that's well, why he decided to go elsewhere. Well, I know Florida State didn't clear him. And I know Kansas State did. Now, your point is, was there something along the way? I, I don't know that. I don't pretend to know the details of it. But this is this wonderful kid who was such a good teammate. And Whitley had something interesting in the story I didn't know. You know, they – you remember the last game he played there, he came out in his uniform, and they announced him, mm-hmm. and then they got the huge ovation. Mm-hmm. You know, Well, Calipari apparently went to Mike White and said, did you know this story? Mm-hmm. He said, let's shoot a layup. You know, we'll say a layup. Well, I, I, we're, happy, we're happy to be down two to nothing to one of the best players in our league in the last 10 years. And Florida wouldn't do it. They were afraid he'd go dunk, and then something would happen. Isn't that something? That they were afraid. Wow. But they, yes, but, I mean, Calipari, it was Calipari's idea. He said, let him go. Let him go. He deserves to make a basket, you know, just like the, the what they do sometimes when they start with 10 players. Sure. Right. You know, because that's what they ended up doing. Right. He started, but then, then they immediately whistle. pulled they, him they, out. They, they, start, they, they started it and then they, then they blow the whistle. time out. Yeah, right. The story is accurate that there just happened to be a cardiologist in Tallahassee at the game. Okay. And that's a, how... a, a woman that he still to this day um, credits saving his life. I love that. Yeah. He still it was a, it was a. It was a Either a Florida State fan or a Florida State doctor, that he he credits her with saving his life. You know. So this is kind of surprising in in regards to your question on eighteen point six points per game and mm-hmm. where it would rank. Florida's got such an odd record book because since they did nothing until basically Lon Kruger, or I guess Norm Sloan a little bit, yeah. but but all these records points per game for a single season, or take place in like the fifties and sixties. It's like Andy Owens averaged twenty seven a game in the sixty nine seventy season. Okay. Tony Miller, seventy one, seventy two averaged twenty six point seven. I mean, I've never heard of either one of okay. them. Uh, um, um then you've got the Neil Walk has two seasons. Then you've got Joe Hobbs in fifty seven, fifty eight. Uh I Cliff okay. Yold. I don't know those guys. Yulick. Yeah. Uh Ronnie Williams, uh eighty two eighty three had twenty one point three. Chip Williams, 73-74 team, had 20.6. Yeah. Vernon Maxwell, 85 through 86, 19.6. And then Ronnie Williams, again, 80-81, averaged 19.4. So it's weird. Was, so there's a lot of guys that average more. So I was wrong. My point was wrong. I thought there weren't, and there were. Um, of those players you ran off, um, Andy Owens and Tony Miller – um, Andy was number 45, Tony Miller, number 11, were when I was a little kid, I'm, I'm sorry, I apologize, but that is what they wore. Okay. Wow. The, uh, when I was, when I was a little kid, I remember them because we, we, we would pretend we were them. You know what I mean? When you're eight, yeah. nine years old and you're shooting baskets at your friend's house. Um, the guys before that, I don't remember. Chip Williams. I remember vaguely, um, uh, Ronnie Williams. I was in school when Ronnie was in school. He was a good player, mm-hmm. but, but the, the, the larger point is the team was so lousy. That nobody cared if they had one guy scoring a bunch of points. You know that was kind of your point. That that, that was that was kind of the point. That was, and, the, and and you're right about that. So, but I'm not talking about what he did. My point is about what he would have done if he had not uh, fallen ill that season. That's what, where I think he was headed on a team that wasn't Castleton on that team. He was on a team. We right? looked it up. I looked up the picture and Colin Castleton yeah. in the picture. On a team that Cas- I mean, Castleton never sat on the bench in Florida. He was a factor the minute he got there. Well, the the other thing too, and I'll try and find this is how many all he might have been an All American, right? 
And how many All-Americans has Florida had in basketball? Can't be very many. It can't be very and, many. And, and I certainly and I agree with you. Um, what year was he? What year was that? It was 2020. So it was the 2019-2020. And Colin Castleton, yeah, had seven points in that Florida Florida State game. Yeah, okay. Florida they, got off to the hot start, and then they were up. They were up 11 to three. Yes. They they they're, they're right up, after his dunk. Yeah, they were they're up eleven. They were up eleven to three. That's exactly right. So, um, yeah, I, I I just think that what he would have been. And Miles I, Lane is still on the team now, right? Miles Lane is on the team. So now. he was on the team too. But I will tell you, I will tell you that I'm thrilled for him. There's no mixed feelings for me in this. Again, no mixed feelings. Game. I want Florida to win the game, but no mixed feelings are. I, I'm not. I, I hate that it happened for him, but this isn't like a guy that transferred out. I, I guess I guess that's where I'm trying to go with this. This isn't like a guy that transferred. You go, dadgummit, why didn't he stay another year? And he transferred, and he's great somewhere else. That sucks. I don't feel that way with him. I feel this is a great story of, of a guy that came back, and it's a wonderful story, and I, can, and I hope he plays 15 years in the league, and it's just magnificent. Even if the story went that Florida cleared him and he wanted to go to Kansas State, I'd still root him, root for him massively. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a great human being. Yeah, I mean, no, no, there's no question. There's no, I mean, I just, I just, it's hard not to wonder what, at least for me, wonder what he would be. By the way, that that team, this was the nineteen, the 2019-2020 team, or was it the 2021 team? 2021. Okay, it's the 2021. It was a one. It was a year later. Okay, so I got the wrong. It was the 2020 because that was in December, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm trying, so who who was on that team? Castleton on it. Castleton was on it. Niles Lane was on it. Um. I thought Jatobo was, but in the box score, he at least didn't play in that game. Yeah, I'm gonna, but I didn't. So Niles Lane played the game. Well, he was on the box score. I don't know if he played. Yeah, so so he. Uh, let me let me see who who who's, who that team would have been, if he'd have been healthy. That yeah, Jatobo that, was on that team. Okay, so Trey Mann had the big year. Okay, Omar Payne was still there. Deruji was still there. Castleton was there. Osayo Sifo, who's so good for. Um, Ju's there. Tyree Appleby was on that team. Scotty Lewis was on that team. Jatobo was on that team. Um, so I, I just think he would have made all of those guys. I think Scotty Scotty Lewis would have been better. Uh, Deruji was pretty good. Omar Payne would have been better because he wouldn't. There wouldn't have been as much expected out of him. I just, uh, it's it's just a crying shame. Uh, that, that he didn't get to be what he was, and I'm so glad that he's getting to be it now. So I guess it, it actually. I don't. I'm looking at it. I don't think Florida's ever had a first-team AP All-American. I'm going through it. They've had some second-team guys. So, yeah. if, if again, and that's lofty, but if Keontae Johnson had been the SEC Player of the Year, yeah. he certainly would have had a case. If they even had a second-team guy? They other have. Than the, other than the 06, 07, other than the 04s? Uh, other than the 04s, if they had one? Uh, so, Neil Miller, Walk okay, was okay. Uh, a second-team AP uh, right. guy, Neil, Neil, yeah. um, and then Noah was, was yeah. as well. Um, but, yeah, yeah I yeah, think – I think the 04, other than the 04s and Neil Walk, that's it. That's it. Yeah, and Horford wasn't even second-team. Horford yeah. was yeah. Uh, uh, third-team. Mike Miller's in. Interesting. Interesting stuff. So, anyway, all right. We'll take a break. When we come back, um, um, we got a lot more to do. we got Pete Prisco at the top of the hour coming up. we got our picks – our loser money coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, all that and more. Uh, Lauren's got another Brooks Beats after this. Stay with us. If you're a Shinedown fan, listen up. Shinedown comes to Star Veterans Memorial Arena Friday, April 14th. Your chance to win tickets is right now. Be caller number two at 641-1010. Caller number two at 641-1010 along with Shinedown will be three days grace and from ashes to new. We have one more pair of tickets to give away, so if you don't win these, be listening in the 5 o'clock hour. And if you don't win those, we'll make sure you go to Ticketmaster 
and buy your tickets. They went on sale this morning at 10 a.m. So, again, if you're a Shinedown fan, Friday, April 14th at Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. Local band, lots of people want to go. Yeah, no question about it. Hey, um, so I'm, I was looking through this Netflix stuff, mm-hmm. watching this TV stuff, and and the, Netflix has all the great documentaries. Mm-hmm. Some are 30 for 30. Some are no. Yeah. Have you seen the Malice at the Palace documentary? Yes. Have you seen it? I think I have. have, Gibby, I think have it was a seen, while ago. Gibby, have you seen it? No, I haven't yet. Okay, I had not seen it. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. Wow. I had never, for people that don't know, the Indiana Pacers were playing the Detroit Pistons and, and, a, and a brawl broke out and the Pacers went into the stands and were fighting fans and fans were out on the floor. It was one of the worst melees, fan player melees in the history of organized sport, right? Um, certainly an American sport. And I remember it, but I did not remember all the details about it. And and it was, I mean, it was gripping. And what a gripping doc. Do you remember anything about it? I do. I think, because it, it hasn't been that long since I watched it, and it's probably been, I don't know, four or five months ago. It came what, out in 2021. Okay. What stood out to me was I didn't remember that the Pacers were considered, like, the best team that year. I didn't either. And I still don't know if that's accurate. That, that's what the documentary said. That well, they, and they, they won some won huge games. Yeah, and, yeah they're I mean, expected to win it. Yeah, I, yeah, and I didn't remember ever feeling that about yeah. the Pacers, but it, they laid out a pretty compelling case that this was certainly a title contender yeah. that was completely undone by this. Yeah, and, and, and correct. they did. And, and Reggie Miller missed his one chance at a ring, right? and he was hurt, wasn't playing in that game. He was in a seat. Right. But what I did not remember, and I didn't remember the details of it, but – so, so the story goes, um, somebody fouled somebody, – somebody gave Ben Wallace an extra shove or hit or something. Steven like. Jackson, Steven, right? I don't remember if that's who it was. It might have been O'Neal. Okay. It might have been oh, – Art. Might, I think it was Artest. It might have been Artest. But it was Steve, Artest. I think Artest – okay, so Artest hit – anyway, so a brawl bakes out on the field, on the court. Well, Artest then lays down on the scorer's table. And, and, and they're, they're set, players are swinging, but they're separating them. Well, a fan throws a beer from whatever and hits our test in the face. He loses mind and he runs into the stands to find the guy. And he swings at the guy, not the guy, the guy next to him. The wrong guy. The wrong guy. I didn't know any of this. Yeah. And then Steven Jackson goes to defend him. And next thing you know, fans are swinging at each other. And, and then if you saw that, and, and, then, and then Jermaine O'Neal got involved and took a swing at a fan and missed him. And, but then, so anyway, long story short – the our test is suspended for the rest of the season. It was like fifty games. Um, uh, Jackson got like thirty games. O'Neill got like twenty five games. They all got these big suspensions, and then all the stories were: look at these thugs. These NBA players are a bunch of thugs. These mm-hmm. that, and that the word thug was everywhere. Okay. Well, if you watch this documentary, uh, no, mind you, a player should never go in the stands. I'm not saying a player should ever go in the stands. But the way those fans acted toward those players. Yeah, there was like no security. No security, yeah. fans right. throwing beer at those guys and 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 throwing everything. I mean, it was it was awful. And again, I'm not def- I'm never gonna defend a player to go in the stands. Don't 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 misread my meaning here. But and then the story, those guys look like and, and, and the word thug is everywhere. Oh, the NBA's gotta clean up their act. The, the, the NBA put in a dress code after that. The NBA did that, and I'm thinking, these dudes are just out there playing ball, man. You know, and, and again, I'm not I'm not justifying go fight somebody. Ron Artest was a shaky character, but O'Neill wasn't. You know, S- Stephen Jackson maybe, but and I thought to myself, I never realized the breadth of that story 
until watching. I was fascinated by the yeah, fascinated by the documentary. It's, really, well, you got go watch it. Yeah. Malice. I in the remember. Palace. I have definitely seen it. It was just a while ago. All of the Untolds on Netflix are really good. And well, and that's this, what they are. They're, they're it yeah. was part of the Untold series. This this incident happened right when I had just graduated from college, so I don't remember any of it. I didn't yeah. watch the NBA back then, but I, so I learned so much in watching it and. And obviously nowadays camera angles or cam we have so many more cameras and the cameras are so yeah. high def that if a fan does something that you're going to find out who that yeah. is immediately. But back then they had to work so hard to try and find that yeah. fan that first threw the beer. Right. And found out and, and, and he wouldn't talk, but I think he finally got prosecuted. I think so. I think he got prosecuted. But I mean, again, I want to be very clear about this. I'm never, ever going to endorse a, a player going into a crowd and never, ever, ever, ever. But how dare you throw beer and, uh, and, food at a player what are you doing you know and and to realize i, I don't know it was just a and I, I don't know what happens but it just in a i don't know it was just hard it was hard to believe what i was it's a phenomenal documentary i mean it really is and jermaine o'neal kind of ended his career he was a good player yeah seven feet tall could run and jump and shoot and he was branded ever you know stephen jackson got a title he went to the spurs and got a title you know um uh our test, who then changed his name to Meta World Peace, mm -hmm. got went to the Lakers and got a title. But Reggie Miller never got one, and O'Neal never got one. It was just, it was just a. I think the only reason I watched it is I had gotten Netflix to watch because I don't have Netflix all the time, but to watch the girlfriend who didn't exist with the man tied Teo right, story, which was a phenomenal. And as soon as that finished, the the other one came oh. up, Mouse of the Palace, and I was like, well, I don't know that much about this. That seems intriguing, and I was locked in. Yeah, yeah, the the man tied Teo might have been the best one I've ever seen. That might have been the best documentary I ever saw. Yeah, that was good. Best sports documentary. But I, but I, but everyone talked about that one. Right. We were to, we were on one of the Jaguar road trips, and and, and PCAV and Dave and some of those guys were talking about it, which got me to. I said at some point I'm going to watch it. Took a month, but it, it was it was an amazing, amazing thing. So I mean, it was really, really a stunning, 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 amazing thing. It really was. So interesting stuff. So, but anyway, we watched that. So all right, we got we got uh, Pete Prisco coming up in a bit. You have a value board. I do. I've I've had one for a few days now. Gibby got a. <laughs> of course you had. Gibby got a value board yet? I woke up this morning at four a.m. in a cold sweat, <laughs> thinking that I was on the clock. <laughs> well done. Uh, and to your question, yes, I do. Got a value board? Of course. Yeah, I'm ready. He's so smug. Look it, at him. It may Brooks, not work, Brooks, but Brooks, I'm look ready. how smug he is. Trust me. Yeah, this... He's got that smug. I know I'm not wearing the hat. Look, that I kind of got yeah. too. Okay. So. Yeah, exactly. This AFC NFC Championship uh, Loser Monday is my least favorite of yeah. all of them right. because of how it happened a few years ago. So are you going to play Raheem Mostert or Mostert? Right. Who got hurt in the game? <laughs> who, if it was anybody else's player, you'd be upset about the injury, but because yeah. it was my player, everyone chuckled. Yeah, you were. The, the, what I remember about Great that is, joy. I were, honestly, I don't. I'm not. What, I really don't remember a lot of the details. What, what I remember, what I remember <laughs> is, is she, I do. Lauren was so mad at us for not understanding her anger about Moster getting hurt. Correct. She, <laughs> I still remember that. And, for, and the, I'm telling you, I'll, I'll, <laughs> the beauty of the beauty of Loser Monday was that one that it came in as zero. Zero. She had zero for a while. So and then got might, points. Did you finish at the very end? At I one had, point, yeah. yeah, I had some points, I think, at the very she end. Zero, I don't remember that part. But she, ended up losing. I definitely bet. lost. Okay. Yeah. She had zero points for the longest time, and we were kidding there her There was about some it. text she that you sent, Hayes, yeah, and to I, Frank. I, I kind of remember. We were and at I like a bar. Quote, and, I, and I may or may not have quote texted yeah. her. Or quote I, I'm remembering it now. It was a tweet. tweet, okay. But I couldn't remember the how and which. Yeah, there's a pretty good chance I quote tweeted it. But. The beauty of Loser Monday, and I and I hope we do it forever. The beauty of Loser Monday isn't when you make bad picks. You make bad picks, you lose. You deserve to lose. It's when you make pretty good picks, 
and like like um the DeChambeau pick. He was the hottest golfer. Yeah, oh, I mean, oh, the um Scotty Scheffler. The hottest yeah. golfer in the world. Right. right. <laughs> when pick, someone else and, does it, it's hilarious. Any, anybody else in the world would have picked it. I will say that this. Was, uh, I mean, nobody that those are the Yeah. That I will great. say this for the three of you. And I don't you guys yeah. may not feel this way, but I feel like of the three of you combined, you make the right pick, I'd say like ninety percent of the time. There right. have been times where right. you've done something right. that has surprised me, and it may have worked. Right. But for the most yeah. part, I mean, I would agree. The yeah. loser is probably going to make three pretty good picks. Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's just that's the funny the, part about it. It's the you pick the, rub you of the, make green. the right pick and lose. That's yeah. the that's well, like today, someone could pick Kelsey, and it turns out he's right. not going to play. Right. Something like that. Now, yeah. granted, the yeah. news came out before yeah. we're making our picks, but still, it could have happened yeah. that the news came out I don't think he's going to play. The, the, right. I would not take him. <laughs> Stay far away. Yeah. The, the problem. See, but the problem is, I'm such a bad person. The, the joy I get when one of y'all make a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> the the joy I got with it was DeChambeau at when we were at um Brucci's. Yeah. And who was it when we were at the yards? Was it That it, was DJ missing oh at the, the Masters I, I, as the defending yeah, yeah, champion. Yeah. I, I should I am such so, the joy I get over those two. Yeah. I, I I I feel I that underscores what a bad person I am cuz even now the joy I get right. over those but those two. were yeah. really funny cuz those didn't involve see, me. See, the, the Paul who's the guy the Paul the golfer you, Paul Casey. Oh, okay. Paul Casey. That was yeah. you were just trying to be funny. Yeah, that was. But strange. the other two, you were trying to win. Right. That, right. Those were the those are the funny. Well, ones. one of the most recent examples was Drake May had like the worst game of his college career. Yeah, yeah. For Lauren. Yeah. Right. Drake, the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And We've my had guy got the frozen. freeze out. Yeah, but I'm that still was... mad. Oh, that one wasn't funny when my yeah. guy got frozen out. Okay. Right. I thought See, it was. when it's you, it's not <laughs> funny. <laughs> Let's take a break. Uh, let's talk some NFL. Who does Pete Prisco think is going to win these two games? And what does he think about the Jaguars' season now that is it is behind us? We'll take a break. Uh, Pete Prisco checks in from CBSSports.com uh, after this. Stay with us. Time for all things Jaguars and NFL with Pete Prisco. The Prisco Report, presented by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Showtime. On the Frangie Show. All right, head to Showtime right now. Man, they've got all kind of stuff. All that Trevor autograph stuff. If you're a Trevor fan, how can you not be? The best place to go with Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles is autographed items are all over the place. No matter who it is you root for, you can get it. It's Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. It's at the corner of Phillips and Shad, or you can find them, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Pete, how are you, buddy? Good. What's up, guys? How are you? We are great, and I want to get all into these two fantastic games. I'm very excited about the games. I think it's going to be one of the better uh, AFC-NFC championship games combined in a long time. But let's start with the Jags, now that the uh, the hay is in the barn, as it were. Um, from 10,000 feet, we'll get into specifics in a minute. What do you make of their season? A, a young team that was really good, well-coached, kind of found themselves mid-season on an emerging quarterback. If you had to write a thesis statement about this season, what would it be? Well, they got their quarterback, and that means they're going to have big-time years going forward. And, and I think they got the right head coach because Doug Peterson's outstanding at what he does. And, and uh, I think that combination usually ends up you know, driving your franchise for a decade, and, and at least as long as Doug Peterson is there, because Trevor Lawrence is special, and so now there's hope, there's optimism, there's belief, and I think that uh, that's not just in Jacksonville either. I think that's that's the belief around the entire country, and I think that's what a great quarterback and a great coach combination can do for a franchise. Pete, what would be your priorities this off season if you were Trent Baalke? Bring back Ingram and Taylor. And people will say, "Well, why would you bring back Taylor? You have two other tackles. I don't care. You got to, you got to do. You figure it out. You got to find a way to make him come back. He was the best offensive lineman. 
Um, and, and, you know, the, the whole idea, well, you could just move Walker Little to right tackle. Well, when Walker Little played right tackle, he wasn't very good. Uh, he's much better playing the left side. And, you know, whether he could become a right tackle, you don't know. But why weaken yourself at a time when you don't have to at that spot? And then why not bring back Ingram in, in some way, shape, or form? Now, you know, if it gets outrageous, then you might get out of that. But I think you can bring back those two guys and continue to build an offense around that quarterback and keep it that way. Then I think you have that side of the ball solved. And, you know, you still need some other things. If Ridley becomes a big-time player, that gives you another option. Wide receiver, you might need to add a speed guy as well. But I think that combination, all told, will give you a side of the ball where you're set on it. And so why weaken yourself at two spots? I don't think they should. Pete, on the other side of the ball, how do the Jaguars address the pass rush? Well, I think they have to decide how they want to play going forward. Uh, I'm a big believer, and I think Trayvon Walker, he might not like hearing that. I think he'd be much better with his hand on the ground, uh, you know, playing a different style. They might be better suited to play a 4-3 defense, particularly since they have three linebackers that can all get on the field. You're assuming there's growth by those two rookie linebackers on the next year, and I think that's the way to go. Um, I don't know if they'll necessarily do that, um, but I do think that Trayvon Walker would be a much better player playing with his hand on the ground than standing up. There's no suddenness there. There's not a he's not a guy that has a lot of moves. And you know, just sitting here saying, "Oh, he can learn the moves," but can he learn how to be sudden at the point of attack? I don't know if he can. And so I think put him down and adjust your defense around that. I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, that seems to be the conventional thinking. So let's assume they do that somehow. Whether they go to a four three or they just he becomes one of the three four ends. Then what? Because Lauren's question's a good one, Pete. Do you do you go try and find the assigned Brandon Graham, who's thirty four? Do you do you have the money to sign a guy like that, or do you do you draft one at twenty four? I mean, because that that is the one Achilles heel, it would seem, of this football team. Yeah, and I think if he goes inside, then then you you obviously have to find yourself another edge rusher. I I'd be you know if you could bring Key back, I think that would be smart to do. You know, Smoot's situation is interesting, but again, you got to find the dynamic edge rusher. If you could get him at twenty four, take him. If, let's just say in free agency they keep Taylor and keep Ingram, or even if they keep Ingram, then you could focus your draft picks on the defensive side of the ball. And that's the way I would go. I'd keep my veteran offensive players and act like I got a you know draft pick in Ridley and then focus the rest of them on the defensive side of the ball, whether that be a corner, whether that be a, a, a speed edge rusher. I think that's where you have to focus your draft picks uh, um, in April because it has to be the defense that gets addressed by young players. Pete, the Jaguars will be trying to have consecutive winning seasons, I think, for the first time in 15 years, somewhere right right in there. Um, I'm curious, barring injury, taking injury out of it, is there what, what are the chances in your mind that this doesn't lead to another 10-win or, or more season uh, next year? Do you have any doubts about the staying power, again, forgetting injury-plague season next year? Zero. None. And if you told every team in the league right now that they could have 10 games against the AFC South and the NFC South on their schedule, sign up for it right now. I mean, think about that. They have, they play the NFC Central, the NFC South next year, right? I mean, so yes. you look at, so you get the AFC South and the NFC South. My gosh, you, that division is a mess. I mean, nobody knows what's happening in Tennessee. Nobody knows who the quarterbacks are going to be in Houston and Indy. Uh, and then you go to the, the NFC South. Tom Brady situation in Tampa, who knows? What's Carolina doing at quarterback? Atlanta, they don't know what they're doing at quarterback. And then New Orleans doesn't know what they're doing at quarterback. So there's 10 games on your schedule. Let's just say you went 8-2 and two in those games. You're, you're going to be a playoff team, A, 
Me and Baselli went out on a limb on Monday. We said number one seed next year in the conference. Number one seed because that schedule is so favorable, and I believe in that quarterback so much that I don't think that's out of the question. And, and so I think it's that the schedule and the situation and the staying power with the quarterback all makes it for what should be an unbelievable year next year at Jacksonville. I love to hear it. Pete, how would you grade Doug Peterson as a play caller this past season? A, I think he's an outstanding play caller. Um, I think there are times, and this is just my own personal criticism, where I pick a player or two out that I don't like, and that's not just you know him, that's with everybody, but I'm nitpicky when it comes to that. Uh, you know, like I say, he gets caught up in silly special itis sometimes, or he did at times during the season. And, and I think sometimes you just got to go play football. Uh, I do think he needed to get a little more vertical at times. And I thought that was a, something that happened last week. I mean, I thought the start of the third quarter and they ran, you know, two little quick bubble screen. I think it was a bubble screen to the side and it was dropped. And then there was one to, to, to Evan Ingram that was blown up. And then I went back and watched the play and I said to myself, okay, this play to Evan Ingram if Fortner gets out and makes his block, Evan Ingram runs for a week. There was nobody over there. And so I, it's hard for me to criticize him for that when it was going to be a play that worked. But I do think vertical passing game is something that needs to improve next year, whether it's called, whether Trevor gets better at it. I just think that's something they need to improve on. Pete, I got to tell you, I get a kick on Twitter. Pete will go on Twitter. If you guys haven't seen Pete will go on Twitter and laud the Jags 99 out of 100 comments. Laud Peterson is the coach of the year. Laud his play calling. God bless you, Pete. If you go, I think he's a great play caller, one of the best I've ever seen. But he shouldn't have run that reverse. They crush you. I mean, it, I mean, the the guy says one. <laughs> the guy says one thing after complimenting. God bless you, Pete, for for dealing with that. I'm just I'm telling you. Well, you know what though, Frank, and you know what that tells me. That tells me that the fan base is what we thought it was. The fan base in Jacksonville is exactly what the national media never ever gave it credit for being, and what it is now which is a group of diehard Absolutely. fans that will and, – and their their run through the postseason really you know, showed how that team can really light up that city. And you guys live there now, and I don't, but I'm just hearing all the stories about it, how the merchandise is all bought up and everything, I think it's, it's, it's the start of Seattle of the East. And people will look, laugh at me when I say that, but that's what this is. This is the start of Seattle of the East. That place is going to be rocking every single Sunday now because they're good. Yeah. And Seattle wasn't good, and that place wasn't rocking all the time. When they got good, that place became one of the toughest places in the league to play, and I think that's what Jacksonville's going to be going forward. And I'll tell you, not only, let me tell you, I'm going to co-sign on this. Before I called Jaguars games, I was a Steeler fan, okay? I, the Steelers, 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 fan, terrible towels, all that. This fan base is better. And, and, so, and I'm not just pandering, Pete. It, this fan base is better, and because this is what we have, man. This is what we care about. If you if you had seen those fans on the road, Pete, in Kansas City, those brigade folks and the ones even that weren't in the brigade, the the craziness and you're, you you said it exactly right. I think you hit it right on the head. Back to stuff you said. Those about, guys, hey yeah. Frank, you know what those guys are? They're the ones in 1999 when they were five That's years right. old, six years old, That's when they right. didn't get to the Super Bowl. They were angry and upset and could didn't want to go to school and everything. That's who they are now. Yeah. That's the fans. That's the base. And that's why that Bold City Brigade, that's who all those guys are. They're the ones who couldn't go to school in 1999 because they lost the championship. Yeah, and and it, I, it, really, it really is and it really is that kind of a fan base. But I want to go back to something you said a minute ago. I didn't, you made a really good point. We have Because they have the first-place schedule, 
I've I've been guilty of getting caught up in God. I got to play the Chiefs and they got to play the 49ers and they got to play the Bengals and they play all these good teams. They play the Ravens. Well, the other games aren't hard, are they? I, I never thought about that till I just got thinking about that to hear you say it. I'm so caught up in how difficult the first place schedule could be, but the truth is. Ten of those games right out of the gate are going to be really winnable games where they're going to be favored, aren't they? So go eight and two in those games. Yeah, yeah. And win, win, win. You know what? Four of the other ones. Yeah, that's right. Where are you? Then you're one. Then you're one seed. Yeah, you're twelve or, and five. Or two you're pretty close. Yeah, you're exactly right about yeah. that. Um, that's a great. That's a great point. I haven't thought about. Let's get to let's get to Sunday. Um, I think it's two great matchups. Um, who do you like in both games, and how do you see the games playing out? If Patrick Mahomes was healthy, I would like the Chiefs, but I don't think he is. And I don't think, and such a big part of what he does is being able to get outside the pocket and create. Now, surprisingly, Jacksonville didn't go after him last week after he got hurt as much as I thought they would. Uh, I think the Bengals will. And they came after Josh Allen last week with a lot of late blitzes. And if you're a quarterback who can't move that well, I think that's a problem. So I'm going to pick the Bengals. I think Joe Burrow has that it factor. Uh, and um, you know, Mahomes is to me Mahomes is a better quarterback, but Joe Burrow in this situation will play very well. So I think they'll take the Bengals, and I think the Eagles are going to win. And, and here's why: the game is won and lost at the line of scrimmage. Still, I mean, it's great to have your quarterback and everything, but if you can move the ball on the ground and push people around at the line of scrimmage and protect, I think that matters. And I'm always been a big believer: if you if you block the 49ers, you beat the 49ers. And I think the Eagles are good enough up front to block them. So I'm going to take the Eagles and. Uh, and the Bengals to play the Super Bowl. Good stuff. Uh, we're starting to see the awards come out. Uh, do you think Doug Peterson gets Coach of the Year? I don't. I think he's going to be close, but I think he's going to – I I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan is on his third quarterback. <laughs> think about that. He's on his third quarterback, and he was the number two seed. Um, I think Doug Peterson will finish second. Um, you know, I think he's going to get the second most votes, but I think Kyle Shanahan ultimately is going to win the award. Peter, I know you like the Bengals and the Eagles, but do we see close games on Sunday in both of them? I think the, the Bengals-Chiefs game is going to be very close, I, and I don't see the 49ers blowing the Eagles out, but I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Eagles win by 10. That wouldn't, that, that's the one, one team, I think, that can win by 10. Because we don't know what Brock Purdy is on the road in the playoffs either. He's, you know, he's hit every every level so far. He's been good. Last week you saw a couple little, you know, cracks in the in the game. And at some point you either are what you are, or you're the next coming of Tom Brady, Kurt Warner. And I don't know if he's that. So we're going to find out if he's more like the guy who was Mr. Irrelevant, or if he's truly special. Because if he goes in there and throws for three forty and three, and they win, then all of a sudden you got to sit there and say. This guy might be yep, like right. Kurt Warner and Brady coming out of nowhere to become special as a quarterback. If he does that, he will have arrived. I completely agree. Pete Prisco checking in from CBSSports.com, brought to you by Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Pete, thanks, buddy. Enjoy the games. All right, guys. Take care. All right. Pete Prisco checking in, talking uh, NFL with us, brought to you by Showtime. Once again, all that Trevor gear. Trevor autographed everything. If you're a Trevor Lawrence fan, a Jaguars fan at all, or for that matter, whoever you root for, now's the time to get to Showtime Sports Cards and Collectibles. Uh, on Phillips Highway at the Shad Road. We'll take a break. When we come back, it's time. It's draft time. Our final loser Monday of the season. How about that? Wow. Hard to believe. That's next. Stay with us. Ah, when you hear that, you know we're closing in on closing time. Two segments to go. All right, let's do this. Loser Monday standings for the season look like this. Chris Reimer lost one time to our championship. At least he got one loss. <laughs> Hayes Carline, he hails from the bowl school. 
and I have both lost twice. Mine was the Final Four. Golly, when my it? when my guy got frozen out, still protesting, and the World Series home runs. Mm-hmm. Hayes Carline lost the Players Championship, lost a home game, and uh, the NCAA tournament. So we both lost twice. Andrew Gibson from Murphy, North Carolina, lost four times. The Sweet 16, the NBA, the U.S. Open, and the Bowls, we just did. And Lauren Brooks from St. Josephine's Middle School, well-known over there in Neptune Beach. People are Googling that right now, trying to get their kids in. She played a lot of sports over there, soccer, volleyball. Is that right? It was St. Paul's in Jack's Beach, in case people want to. What was her spring sport? Crew. (laughs) (laughs) Crew. Did you know she's on the crew team? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is not accurate. Yeah. You got any questions for me? What's she doing? Well, the crew it's funny team? you should ask. She was a coxswain on the <laughs> crew also team. Not good. Inaccurate. Was All of the above. <laughs> Thanks for asking. The uh, uh, she's I've lost never, five ever times. Been on the crew team. The Masters, the Draft, PGA, the British Open, and uh, the conference quarterbacks thing. All right, so so Gibby oh, so the coxswain is the smallest person. <laughs> I am a large, <laughs> the uh, Gibby tall and, person. Gibby and Lauren have both. Gibby's lost four times. Lauren's lost five. If anybody other than Gibby loses, Lauren wears the hat. If Gibby loses, then Lauren and Gibby are tied. Hayes and I are in the clear. Here we go. Total points scored this weekend. Oh, I love the music. Well done. Gibby, you pick first, by the way. You oh, are yes. on the clock. It's total points now, so touchdown passes don't help the quarterback. Quarterback only gets helped if he runs one in there. Or catches it. Or, or, or catches one. That's right. <laughs> or tackles someone for safety. <laughs> so We didn't do Loser Monday that year, did we? Right? That was before. The Philly special. Yeah, the well, Philly that special. Would, we don't do it in the we Super Bowl. We don't do the Bowl. Super Bowl. That's also true. But yeah. I, I think that predated yep. either way. 2017 predated us. Give me who Loser you like. Monday. You're first. All right. So if we're going total points, this guy has been a total points machine. Eight for eight in the playoffs. Give me Robbie Gold, oh, the 49er kicker. Wow. kicker out of the gate. I, yes. love, I love the play. I kind of love the play. Kicker right out of the gate. Let me get that off my value board. I didn't take a kicker last year, and uh, I probably lost because of that. Lauren Brooks. You did lose, and I was really hoping you didn't learn from it. Yes, no, I was hoping for sure you skipped a kicker, and then all the kickers were gone by the time you got to select. I'll take Evan McPherson. Who look at the, Hayes Carline? Hayes, I, wow, we, I still mean, regrets him leaving for school. How about the that? Kickers went one and two. I love this. I love you know the world changes. You know, yeah. The quarterbacks are now runners. RPO is in the game. Mm-hmm. Kickers are in loser Monday. How about that? Uh, I am third. Am I third or your third? I think I'm third. You're right, third. I am third. You know, I wasn't going to do this. Hang on. <laughs> But I don't want to not have one. The draft has taken a turn. Yeah, I, I don't think I can afford I, I, I can't not have one. So. This is one of those runs. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> he's had a tough year. Fantasy football. But I'm going to take Harrison this. Butker, I think. And I wasn't going to do that, Hayes Carlin, who hails from the bowl school. But I had no choice now. Uh, you now have two picks. How about that? I bet I know one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll take Jake Elliott. <laughs> I figured that was going. Okay. And I will take... Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts to score a touchdown. How about that? Okay, I will take Christian McCaffrey, who's at uh, my number one on my board. So uh, there you go. The uh, kicker was not number one on your board. He's not. Lauren Brooks. I am going to go with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is a good pick. Very high on my board. Gibby, you have two picks. Uh, you guys left this guy for I'm- me. We. I may have planted this. Yes, so this is actually yes. a true report. How is he still there? I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. Yeah. That's the first guy I'll take. I really <sighs> hope he doesn't play. Sorry, Gibby. I know, right? 
I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. I love the pick. Gibby, I think you've got a strong team here. It looks like Brooks could wear the L. Uh, Lauren. That is very mean of you. No, no, I wasn't saying I'm rooting for it. <laughs> I may be rooting for it, you but I wasn't saying it. You are rooting for it, so you may as well. But at that moment, I wasn't saying that. Yeah, you may as well go ahead and say it. Uh, I will take George Kittle, everybody. Yeah, I liked it. That's who I would have taken if you had not. Well done. Um, I am going to take Debo Samuel. And that leaves one pick left for Hayes Carlisle. I will take... Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon, good pick. So there you go. Here's how the teams look. Andrew Gibson, he's got Robbie Gold, Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown. Lauren Brooks has Evan McPherson, Jamar Chase, George Kittle. I've got Harrison Butker, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel. Well, the 49ers play well. Hayes Carline has (laughs) Jake Elliott, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Mixon. Those are our teams. Uh, The winner or the loser Brings in lunch on Monday. If uh, anybody other than Gibby loses, Lauren Brooks wears the hat. There you go. What a season it's been. What a season. What? It's been an awful season. Who's going to lose? Who do you think is going to lose? What yeah. does the Golden Lion say? Um, yeah, Golden Lion. Check I, I, in. If I Okay, go ahead. I, I, I got an opinion on this. Oh, okay. I don't love my squad. Oh, okay. I think I might be going to Bonos. Well, I hope not. <laughs> By the way, just let me say this. Let me tell you what this has done. I've never for the first time ever. For, you and for the first time ever, Lauren Brooks is rooting for us. That has never happened. <laughs> that is okay, correct. That, you know, is true. that is very true. So I, I think uh, I'm I don't. Sure I why do you Hayes not like your team? Again. Because never I got two guys on the same team, and they're probably not both going to score touchdowns. And I don't. And I and I just kind of played turned out that way. I like to spread it out a little more than I did. I've got two guys on the same team as well, which yeah. I'm not thrilled about. Yeah, but. yeah. I've got three different ones: gold. I got 49ers, KC, and Philly. So. My, my guess would be that Lauren is going to wear the L because I think Gibby and Lauren have the two better teams, which means Hayes or I are going to get the are going to lose. I that, think that, AJ Brown pretty, might destroy the 49ers secondary. Yeah, that so that might be the uh, so, so there you go. But there you go. There's, those are our yeah. Picks. I mean, Gibby got Travis Kelsey with the eighth pick. Yeah. So I have yeah. got to think that right. he's he's in good shape. He's in great shape. Let's there. hope he doesn't play. He's, 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 <laughs> that is the risk. I also was a little nervous about McCaffrey because of his injury, even though he's definitely going to play. I just I stayed away from him just in case he tweaks something. Yeah, he's a monster. He'll catch a touchdown or go one in rushing. All right. Um, keys keys to that game because we got losing those coming up. So our last time table a real peek at that game. Um, keys to those games. Obviously, Mahomes' health is the gigantic key. That's the biggest key of the weekend. Um, I will tell you, I am going to pick the Eagles and the Chiefs, the two number one seeds. Uh, really going out on a limb there, I know that. But I think Mahomes is going to play. I think he's healthier than people think. My first thought was when they said he's full go and they were trying to send the message that he's healthier than he is so that the 49ers can't come up, or I'm sorry, that the Bengals can't come up with a attack the injured guy plan. But I think he's healthy. I think he's going to, but I think his health is a big, big key to it. Um, does Brock Purdy collapse is a big, and I don't think he's going to. I think the f- most physical team wins that game, but it's going to be a, a fantastic day of games. It really is. I agree. I, I think I think Mahomes will be somewhat limited. I I don't think the uh, Bengals are, are going to do what the Jaguars did. I do think they'll be more aggressive. I think they will be able to get to Mahomes enough to win the game. It'll be a, a high-scoring game. It's also going to be really cold. I mean, like, really cold in Arrowhead. Much colder than the NFC game, uh, which is surprising since you're talking about Kansas City and Philadelphia. 
um, there's about a 30 degree difference in the two. So Ooh, high on um, Sunday, 23, low of 10. Yeah. So really cold in the AFC game. So I, I, I do wonder about Mahomes and, and, you know, any, again, anybody that is, that's been bothered by something to play in that kind of weather makes it a little bit challenging. So I, I think Cincinnati does enough to get the win. I, it'll be close. Uh, it'll be a, a gutsy effort by Mahomes, but I like Cincinnati and, and I think Philadelphia beats San Francisco. So I've got Cincinnati, Philly. I just look at Philly. They've got four guys on their defense with at least 11 sacks. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that. I mean, I don't know that the 85 Bears had that. Um, I mean, it's it's crazy. And uh, and one of those four is Reddick with 16. Uh, the four doesn't include Fletcher Cox, who has seven and is a great player. Um, so I, I just feel like the Eagles, uh, I think it's it's – it's their time uh, to go back, and I think Jalen Hurts is probably healthy enough. Um, I, I I think the Eagles could have done two great games, but I think the Eagles' defense carries them, and I think Cincinnati wins a pretty high-scoring game. Everyone's talking, obviously, about Mahomes and the injury and, and what can the Bengals do, but I think on the flip side, the way that the Bills played the Bengals, they didn't get any pressure. That defensive line was not effective against Joe Burrow whatsoever. We know that the Chiefs can bring pressure. We saw it against Trevor Lawrence all last Saturday. So I think that's the key to that game is, is it's actually the Chiefs defensive front that's going to get after Joe Burrow, who doesn't have a great offensive line. We know that because they're banged up. The other game, honestly, I feel like it's flip a coin. I mean, you can't discount how well Brock Purdy has played and how good that San Francisco defense is. Yes, Philly's defense is great, too, with all the sacks, but I think the, the 49ers defense is better from top to bottom. I think Brock Purdy wins. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. And, 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 and this is one game we say any of the four can win. Well, no, duh, of course they can. Sure. But this is really a game where the games are pretty even. I think they really are. Take a break. Lauren will wrap the show in the week with news and notes. That's next. This will be a song called Enemies by Shinedown. Shinedown is coming to our city, where, of course, they are from Friday, April 14th at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena. If you want to win our final pair of tickets, be caller number 3 641 Caller number 3 641-1010. If you didn't win any of the tickets today, go ahead and go to Ticketmaster. They are now on sale. They went on sale at 10 a.m. this morning. And Shinedown is coming alongside Three Days Grace and From Ashes to New. So enjoy that concert on us. All right, gentlemen, when it comes to news and notes, we're going to start in the baseball world. I saw this list of way too early 2023 Major League Baseball lineup rankings, so I'm going to run some of them by you. All right. Can you guess who number one is? Dodgers. It is not. Not the Dodgers? Braves. It is not. Braves are three on this list. Wow. The Astros. It is also not the Astros. Astros are fourth. It is the Padres. They have the San Diego Padres as the top lineup. St. Louis Cardinals are number two. I told you Braves are three. Astros are four. And coming in at number five would be the Blue Jays. The reason I bring this list up, of course, A, the Braves being third. But, Frank, do you want to guess where your Pirates are on the list? And they are not 30th. They're not 30th. They're not 30th. 26th. 17th. Really? Yeah. They they like your lineup. Yeah, they think they they think they're going to be better, but I, I I refuse to get excited. Who am I kidding? Well, I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah, <laughs> everyone thinks they're going to. The, the word is that no one thinks they're going to be five hundred, but the word is they're supposed to be close to five hundred. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm not, it's I'm exciting. Not, how I'm many more saying. days until you get to? Well, it's February fifteenth. Is pitchers and catchers. So how many days is that? We're getting close. We are getting close. There you go. 
Not too far away at all. Oh, that, 17th. I didn't know that. You, you might have made my weekend telling me that. Well, you're We're almost in welcome. the middle of the pack. That's kind of middle of the pack. Isn't it? It's almost. Here's what it says. Well, it's not enough to give the Pirates a league average offensive projection. They did acquire their way into a lineup strength this winter. Patience in the form of walks. Yeah. And then, of course, acquiring McCutcheon helped as well. All right. One story we did not get to when we talked about college basketball. Billy Packer passed away yesterday due to kidney failure at the age of 82. He spent more than three decades calling college basketball. Hard to believe. And Billy and I told you I met Billy one time, and he was a, he was kind of curmudgeonly because um, that's kind of who he was. He was just a he, that was just his personality. But I'll tell you this: he was the he next to Dick Vitale or with Dick Vitale was the face of college basketball for three decades. I mean, he really was. I, I think I saw that he he was part of the Final Four broadcast. Mm-hmm. For when to when, it was like. From 1975 to 2008. Think about that. Wow. 75 to 2008, he was one of the broadcasters on the Final Four. Think about that. I mean, I was in high school when it started, and we had started 1010XL when it ended. Think about that for a second. Pretty amazing. That is amazing. And he was very uh, opinionated, which yeah. was good. You know, he was he would tell you if he thought, you know, something wasn't where it should be. So, you know, if from an analyst analyst standpoint yeah uh you know i thought he did a good job yeah he was very he was very and he one of the greatest teams ever was dick enberg al mcguire and billy packer that was the three on nbc for the longest time it's time now to start watching college hoops Mm -hmm. so on saturday tomorrow get ready for this is of course in the sec big 12 challenge number 13 iowa state at missouri tips off at two o'clock 10th ranked texas at tennessee of course fourth ranked tennessee Tips off at 6 o'clock, and then ninth-ranked Kansas at Kentucky at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Yeah, I'll watch those night games. No, well, the Florida game's at night, too, I think. But I'll, but I'll, Florida's I'll, at 6 o'clock. Yeah, but I, but I would watch the Tennessee-Texas Texas game Tennessee. is a game. I'll, I think I'm probably going to be staying in a lot over the weekend for various reasons. So I think, uh, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I'll, 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 this is about when I start watching it. I'll start paying attention. Hayes? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if I'm <laughs> home, absolutely. Uh, it, it's not going to – the Florida game, I'm really – interested in seeing mm-hmm. that's a because if they win now you can start talking about well maybe they can make a run at the ncaa tournament that would be a by far their biggest win of the season well you, what your point was if they go two and two i don't think there's any way they can but if they go two and two in this stretch then they will have served notice that they're that that they're a tournament in, team a potential tournament team they're, they're yeah. not in yet but they certainly will serve notice that they're 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 now in the mix. They're now in the they're in the, they're in the conversation now. In 19 minutes, second ranked Florida plays host Ooh. to 17th ranked Georgia. So obviously in the O Dome begins at 6 p.m. I will not be looking at Twitter on my way home. Oh, start what time does it start? Six. Six o'clock. Yes, it starts in 19 minutes. Wow, you got it on. So t- I might have to leave news and notes early. No, I'm just kidding. Got a big VHS taping there. It VHS, is obviously being VHS taped. Tape. Uh, the meet itself and the meet after, just in case it runs a little long. Oh. Both are being recorded, so I will be just fine. I just will not look at Twitter until I am able to yeah. catch up with the. That's meet. a veteran because uh, an inexperienced recorder would have cut it off at eight. She's going to tape the next meet too, which is probably Auburn LSU or somebody. It's You're, another SEC. She's going to tape that bec- for sure. because you don't you you'd rather have to kill that Carlion yeah. than to miss the end of the meet. Do they get Just a lot so. of overtime gymnastics? Meets? They do not. Okay, yeah. but if for some reason the judges are taking a while in yeah. know, deciding yeah. something, okay. or if there's an injury, God forbid, uh, that can bleed over. But gymnastics, for the most part, is one of the fastest sports you'll watch. It is a very mm. quick. Uh, thing Who, especially when it's only two teams who's first Oklahoma I assume Oklahoma's first and I'm so glad you asked that because I was curious today I was like 
who does Oklahoma go up against this weekend? But it's actually on Sunday at three o'clock. They face Illinois uh, in a meet, and so I'm obviously not going to be watching yeah, that. But here's why I bring it up: Oklahoma hosts Florida March third in gymnastics. Ah, March third. March third. So you've got number one v number two. I know most people don't care about college gymnastics, but yeah. that is a huge showdown in the sport I, that I absolutely love. I think we take the show on the road. We're live from Norman. That's what I think. Sounds good. We'll go to Bob Stoops Bar downtown. I've been there. <laughs> Let's go. All right. In the NFL world, the Twitter info map that I received today uh, from some betting people shows 46% of the states are rooting for the Bengals to win the Super Bowl, 38% for the Chiefs, 12% for the Eagles, and only 4% for the Niners. It kind of went that way when, when Gibby did our poll. Gibby, the Bengals won easy, right? I think we Ours did. was 58% Bengals. Yeah, yeah so kind of, they look, they're the underdog. They're the one team that's never won it. People kind of like – nobody dislikes them. You know, they're the, they're, there's, always, there's somebody that dislikes the other three teams. Nobody dislikes the Bengals. They're just kind of there. We talked about, Frank, you mentioned that Steve Wilkes was in the running for the Panthers job. He tweeted out today, the sun rose this morning, and by the grace of God, so did I. I'm disappointed but not defeated. Many people aren't built for this, but I know what it means to persevere and to see it through. And he, of course, thanked the Panthers and wishes Frank Reich all the best. Yeah, I think Steve Wilkes is a pretty good football coach. He's had some two bad situations, but I think he did a good job. I think he did a good job as an interim coach. Now, doing a good job as an interim coach doesn't mean you should get the head job. People think, well, he got screwed because he did well, That doesn't mean you should get the job. And people, you should get the job if you're the best candidate for the job. But I think he did. A, I think he's a good coach. I think he did a good job. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. And uh, this this coaching carousel has been awfully slow. So I'm mm-hmm. curious to see when we're back here Monday how many of these jobs have been filled. Yeah, me too. Uh, Frank, what's going on with the Steelers? Art Rooney the second met with reporters yesterday and would not discuss a possible contract extension for Mike Tomlin. But his contract runs out next year, and usually yeah. they do it two years in advance. Yeah, I think what's – here's, here's my guess, that Mike Tomlin's been fantastic. He's, he's been a fantastic coach, 17 years or whatever it is, never had a losing season, been to two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl. But the, you do get – and I'm not saying Mike Tomlin should be out. I think Tomlin's a very good coach. But you do get to a point where it's time for the next guy. In, 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 really in any job, not just coaching jobs. You know, sometimes a change in leadership is better. I'm not saying it would be. But the Steelers are the one team that never felt that way. It's hard to believe. Chuck Noll got the job when? 69? 69? They've had had three coaches. From 69, which I think is when Chuck Noll got the job, somewhere in there. They've had three coaches from 69 or whenever it was till now. It's amazing. In in professional sports, that's uncanny. Is it 69? Somewhere there, boss. 68? I don't know. Uh, 69 is correct. Yeah, so 69. The Texans will have had three in three years. I mean, think about that. And think about you know, we've had a lot of coaches, and but but the but the Pittsburgh Steelers have had three coaches, three since 1969. So, but I wouldn't be surprised if if they say, listen, sometimes the the next leadership, and and he's a young guy, so I think he's a good coach. So we'll see. By the way, I told you guys in the break that I was talking about the players with my family last night. 38 days until the players. Mm-hmm. That's it. I am very excited about that. Absolutely. All right, back to football. Bill Barnwell has seven teams most likely to bounce back. Here are the teams. Cardinals, Packers, Patriots, Raiders, Rams, Steelers, and Titans. Here's what he has to say, at least a little snippet, what he has to say about the Titans. Vrabel and new general manager Rand Carthon have to decide whether they can win the Super Bowl with their current core of talent. Tennessee went 30-13 and over a a two-and-a-half-year span between the start of 2020 and the halfway point of 2022. It went 0-7 after and hasn't won a playoff game since the 2019 season. Mike Keith, the only play-by-play voice they've ever had, Mm -hmm. uh, a a good friend of mine, he'll be with us at the Combine, 
Mike Keith told me there is as much question and intrigue about what the team's going to do than they've had since he's been calling the games, which is forever. Now, part of that is they've had the same GM for a while, but he said there's as much unknown about the direction they will take as there's been since he's been in the chair. Yeah, I think you could go uh, about it either way, really. I mean, I, I would understand if the Titans said, we're not ready to seed the AFC South to Jacksonville. We're going to battle them. And I could also see them saying, look, Jacksonville's going to be pretty good for the next couple of years. Uh, let's uh, let's rebuild and let's be ready to contend when Trevor Lawrence is making a whole bunch of money and maybe we can take advantage of that. Uh, my guess is they're going to try and win immediately. And, uh, and not trade veterans like Henry or, or anybody like that. So I think they try to, to get back in the mix, but I think they'll be unsuccessful. I would be remiss if I did not say happy birthday to Freddie T. Today is Fred Taylor's birthday. It is. What is your favorite Fred Taylor memory? Probably the Dolphins, the long run, when the linebacker, when he faked out the linebacker that was 10 yards away from him. Mm -hmm. so I, I think that's, I mean, I could go all day. That's my favorite Jaguars memory of his. My favorite Gator memory would be when he scored uh, after the long pass to Quez, and then right. Fred ran it down to the one, and then scored. Obviously, and you got to have Fred. You, you have you got to sit at a bar and have Fred tell you that story. He did that with me. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so that would be my personal favorite. I was also at the Citrus Bowl the year that he ran for I want to say four, about two hundred and forty yards four, on four, Penn State four touchdowns. Yeah. So I mean, just a remarkable. Uh, Florida Gator, remarkable Jacksonville Jaguar, and certainly the the, the, the big the, one in the sixty-two to seven stands. That's out. probably the one to me. Also, the two hundred thirty-four yard game against the Steelers mm -hmm. up there, but the the the, bit, the long run. But I tell you, we were we were in Minneapolis for when we were practicing with the Vikings, whatever year that was. And Fred and I, just the two of us, were sitting in the bar, and I asked him about that game. The look at the the way his face lit up, the way his face lit up, talked about the game, and he talked about the sixteen yard carry to the one. First, first down, first and ten from the seventeen, went left, cut it back up. He was he 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 talked about that run. He he got so excited talking about what the play call was, the whole bit, which is really cool. And finally, for people who missed it earlier, we have a loser Monday this coming weekend with the AFC NFC Championship games on Sunday. Hayes has Jake Elliott, Jalen Hurts, and Joe Mixon. I have Evan McPherson, Jamar Chase, and George Kittle. Frank has Harrison Butker, Debo Samuel, and Christian McCaffrey, and Gibby, who went first. His first selection, Robbie Gold. I was really hoping you didn't take kicker, Gibby. Uh, A.J. Brown and Travis Kelsey. I went back and looked to yeah. see who everybody had last year and, and how it went. And, Gibby, I noticed that you didn't take a kicker and you lost, and I was praying probably a little too strong, but really hoping that you, you didn't praying. take a kicker. So, I, maybe not praying, so, but certainly really So hoping. if he had gone Kelsey or Kittle one, were you going kicker? Absolutely. You are. I was then hoping that – Hayes was going to go with two kickers to yeah. then block Gibby from taking a ah. kicker. That was what I was how I was hoping it all played out today, but it did not. Play Were you out going that kicker way. first round either way? I can't I, well, really I divulge <laughs> those details I, uh, now that I so know that Hayes, boards are being collected I, I and saved throughout uh, the years. Hayes funny. won I, last year, I, and well, I had to go back and find yeah. all this. It took me a while, uh, but Hayes, you won last year, and you had two kickers. Yeah, mm. uh, there's no such thing as winning and losing money, but still, you finished in first place, and so I was like, "That's the strategy he'll probably employ if Gibby doesn't go kicker." So that's what I was thinking. I was not going kicker unless you both went kicker. Got it. Uh, that, that was I was, I was going kicker the whole way because yeah, yeah. I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> I and I'm it. very sad you did. All right, let's say hello to Rick Ballou.
Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping 1010XL rolling with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. Play golf today? I did not. I mean, you. I mean, like, say so you Boston guys. If it's over, if it's over twenty-eight, you play golf, don't you? By forty, you take your shirt off. Isn't that kind of how you do it? I mean, <laughs> you know what I did today? I drove out the Michaels and it was closed. Yeah, what was it? No. Okay. Well, they nice. must have heard me complain the other day how they haven't had running water inside the men's room in the last four months. So, like, watch this. We'll get blue on a Friday. <laughs> Oh, uh, how you doing, buddy? Good to see I'm you. good, man. Really Just good. stowing away the time. You know, I'm not one of those uh, uh, can't wait uh, in can't wait mode. I've yeah. enjoyed every hour of this Friday, and that's going to include the next two coming up and this weekend as well. I, I love it. You're going to drop late January on me. I'm going to take it. He's stowing away the time. Are you reeling in the years, too? I am. Are you? Okay, <laughs> Absolutely. Sure you doing both. What's coming up on the Fagan show? and Becker. Uh, can you name it. their love garage it. band uh, drummer, please? Before they became I should. Steely Dan. Kids, look up Steely Dan, but don't tell them that I told you to do it. No, I can't. Chevy Chase. That's right. He sure was. How about that? I should, and I knew that, and I knew that. Um, Chevy Chase. What are we doing tonight? You know, I, a lot of what I think are uh, going to be in some intriguing things tonight where I'm going to uh, kind of press the listeners, a couple of different issues uh, that involve uh, this weekend's games, um, a couple of other messages as well sent the way of college football. So we've been Jaguars heavy uh, the entire week. Not not as much tonight on them, but just some other things that basically uh, surround the NFL. You know, one thing that I'm going to start with is is I've said this forever. I think we're in such a great era for national broadcasters in every sport. But if you noticed lately, the venom. Al Michaels, Chris Collins. Now all of a sudden Tony Romo is yeah, getting just noticed. ripped. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna feed that, like that. Uh, throw that out to the listeners a little bit tonight. And um, and as always, I'm very interactive with them. I I, I kind of like to know what do you expect out yeah. of a out of a national analyst? And um, you know, we're gonna see most of those guys in in work this weekend with the final four. Yeah. And you know what? And I think the way this team's headed, we're gonna see a lot of those guys in town. There's no doubt. Absolutely. Thank you, Rick. See ya. Rick Beluga's into the night right now. That'll do it for our program. Enjoy a fantastic football weekend. Uh, it really is going to be, I think, two spectacular games on Sunday. I really do believe that. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. For Hayes, Lorna, Gibby, I'm Frank Frangie. Have a great weekend, everybody. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. And that is going to do it. Philadelphia is going to head to the NFC championship game for the first time since their Super Bowl winning season. That was a game. That was unbelievable. This rivalry is growing. And I never thought I'd say it's one-sided going against the Chiefs. But right now, Cincinnati has their number. And there's a chance we'll be seeing this again.